Brooks, I'm Craig Lipinski. I'm Seth Castellum. And this is episode 135 of the TV and Lust video game podcast available at tvandlust.net. Uh, today is Christmas Eve, or as Seth calls it, Tuesday. <laughs> it is a Tuesday. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I thought it was the weekend because I'm not at work. Like, honestly, you just barely reminded me it's Tuesday. So so I, I'm curious. So you, you really don't do anything for Christmas. You just kind of sit at home and that's that. That's that? Uh, yeah, I guess. Do you, do you get presents? Um, sometimes, like some people give me stuff. Uh, yeah. but, you, but you don't really buy them yourself. Uh, no, except for occasionally some Secret Santa stuff that I think is fun. Okay, but not, so, not for like family members or anything. <laughs> so how how long have you not been doing Christmas? Um, let's see. For a really long time, like from the time I was born until like I was, it gets interesting, until I was like 14 maybe. And then my mom married some uh, new guy and then my grandma like came over from the East Coast to visit. And my mom, I think my mom went into like, ah, I'm totally normal mode. And then like we did Christmas like for a few years and then I, I, I moved away. I moved out of my mom's house, and then I just stopped doing Christmas again. Huh, no kidding. So why didn't you do it as a kid? Why were your parents not into it? Uh, they, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> weird. That's weird. So you're not but, a Jehovah's like, Witness. I am not a Jehovah's Witness. No, I'm not religious in the slightest. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they're not, like, either anymore. My parents aren't either. Yeah. So, um. My dad, uh, my dad doesn't, my dad just doesn't give a fuck about things. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and, I understand. And my mom, my mom celebrates Christmas now. So she's doing it. It's, it's just sort of a curiosity when someone doesn't celebrate like any kind of like, you know, wintry end of the year kind of holiday. Yeah. I just don't care, I guess. No, just, and I, and I understand cause like me, I'm not, I'm not religious at all either. I, I'm an, I'm an atheist. So the religious component is absolutely not there for me. Uh-huh. But and, – and, and, and so you have like like-minded people. Usually they're like in their young 20s. So, of course, they got to they gotta be rebellious and they're like, why do you need a special day to get together with your family? You know, these, <laughs> these, these, these sort of like Valentine's Day kind of warriors like, well, I don't need a special day to tell my girlfriend I love her. You know, fair enough. You're right. But, I mean, I, I feel like – I mean, at least here in the U.S., there, there's, there are no like holidays anymore. Like federal holidays – Big deal. Everyone works but bank workers and mailmen. So, so I have to go to work, but I don't. I can't go to the bank or get my mail. Cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. basically holidays are shitty in America. I mean, even Thanksgiving people work now, and it's. I feel like it's encroaching on Christmas. I mean, everywhere is open today, Christmas Eve, and places, plenty of places will be open tomorrow. So it's like we don't we don't really get holidays here in the U.S. And I feel like. If you have the opportunity to get together with your family, even if it's, you know, some sort of made-up, constructed bullshit thing, Christmas, Festivus, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't know. It seems like a reasonable excuse to to drink and eat a bunch of food and have a good time. I don't – I mean, if you – some people need the excuse. They need to have that that guidepost to actually do that because just think, you know, life can be so hectic and – you know, we don't really have many other opportunities here in the U.S. We we get work to the bone and got nothing to show for it here. So I don't know. When, I, I can appreciate the idea. When I was down in um, 
when I was down in Mexico City, I was like watching television while in the hotel. And there's a few English channels. They had CNN in English down there. And there was a, there was a news story about France and opening stores on Sunday. And like all these uh, store owners were mad and they're interviewing one woman. And she was like, why would we want to open on Sunday? Then we'll just be like the U.S. And, and that's sad. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Maybe. See, I'm really weird because I get cranky both ways. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, man, why is everyone working always and forever here in the U.S.? And they got no health care to show for it. And they got shit wages. Like, this place, I'm sorry. America's kind of garbage when it comes to that stuff right now. But then you but go then, out and you want to shop, right? There's right, like exactly. Open. Especially when I work that night. It's like, oh, cool, I have to go do something. Well, I got to do it within about 11 minutes after getting up. Otherwise, I'm fucked. So, like, getting an oil change. Well, the garage closes at fucking 2.17 p.m. Yeah, I might better wake my ass up and and go do this. You know, so it is kind of a pain in the ass. But I mean, actually, me working twelve, thirteen hours a night is also you know part of that system. It's part of that problem where we work stupid, ridiculous hours. You know. Uh-huh. So let me tell you, last year, last year, like I, I was like, oh shit, I'm out of food. And it was on Christmas, and then I went out to try to go find food. And I'm like, well, everything's closed. I'm going to starve to death. And then yeah. I found a I found a subway that was open. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I hate shopping around Christmas or Thanksgiving. I always forget. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm out of toilet paper. And then I, and then I look outside and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just wipe my ass with whatever I find handies because I'm, I'm not leaving the fucking house today. It's like December sorry. 23rd. Forget it. I'm not leaving. I'm just driving home uh, from work yesterday. The traffic was ridiculous. And I drive past zero, like, shopping centers. Like, wow. I don't tra- drive past, like, any stores or malls or anything. And it still took me, like, 20 minutes longer to get home than usual. It's just, okay. like, it's crazy outside. I went to AC Moore today. You know, you know what AC Moore is? If you're I know, don't have the slightest. It's basically where old people go because it's, like, it's like a craft store. But that's where I go get my, my painting supplies. Okay. And um, it wasn't busy. Because, I mean, who the fuck's going E.C. Moore and, you know, Christmas Eve? But, man, that place was like Ebenezer Scrooge's fucking nightmare. Christmas went up straight up and puked all over the place in there. <laughs> and they're playing the word. Man, I'm standing in the checkout line. And then Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time comes on. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here right now. I hate that fucking song. I don't even dis- I like Christmas music. You know, it's pleasant. I hate that song. It's so bad. So, uh, yeah, AC Moore wasn't too bad, but I'm not going anywhere else today. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. Staying indoors, it's it's scary out there. A, a couple of years ago, I tried to buy, I was like, I had this hang, I mean, I still bought CDs. This is how long ago this guy's, maybe like five or six years ago. I was like, yeah, I really want to get this CD. I was like checking out the band on YouTube or whatever. And I thought, yeah, I'll go, I'll go get it right now, whatever. So I jump in my car and I go to Best Buy. Dumb ideas, definitely like the 22nd or the 23rd. <laughs> And wiser people would have been like, you know what, fuck this, and leave. No, I stood in line for like two hours for like a CD. Well, what else am I going to do today? I'm already fucking here. Yeah, I learned that lesson several years ago when I was out uh, shopping for Cowboy Bebop the movie with with my friend. I was like, oh, we'll we'll just go to the mall. Yeah, you don't think about it because that's just normal. I, I drove around like for an hour trying to find parking. Oh, it was crazy! It was so bad. Yeah, that was yeah. That might have been the worst part. Waiting in line really wasn't that bad. It was. Flipping traffic. Mm-hmm. And I live, I don't live anywhere. I live in southeastern Connecticut. Like, there's nothing here, man. <laughs> like, it's nuts. Uh, so you're doing nothing tomorrow, then? Not even no family uh, dinner? Like, nothing? I think my mom wants to hang out, maybe. No, that's tonight. I think she wants to go see a movie tonight or mm. something. 
But I don't, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to my I'm going to my grandparents' house tonight. My grandmother just ran me like, you know, let's do it Christmas Eve, and I'm like, why? Like you don't work, and neither nobody's working. Nobody's everyone has this all off. Like it's not. I don't understand why you're making this accommodation. Just Christmas Eve this year. I'm like, okay, fine. So I, I actually have zero plans for Christmas Day as well. I will be at home sitting on my ass playing video games. I have nothing, nothing to do Christmas Day. So um, I'll be going over there. My parents, unfortunately, live at my, my grandparents' house. Um, that's that's not pleasant. No, that doesn't sound great at all. Oh, my – last time I was there, huge argument. Like, not even me. I wasn't even involved in it. It was it was my brother and his wife and, and my mom. And my mom is just this terrible, rotten person. And I'm just sitting there like oh, – like, on the one hand, I'm enjoying it because, like, fuck my mom. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm like, this is retarded. <laughs> My brother had every right to be mad. When we were kids, like, my parents would rack up, like, the utility bills and not pay them. And then they would turn around and then sign up for utilities, like, in my brother or my sister's name and then rack that up. So my brother and his wife, they don't make a ton of money. They're doing better now. And since they are doing better, they thought, like, wow, let's actually get cable like everyone else. They go to sign up for it. My brother can't because he has an outstanding debt of several hundred dollars from, like, 1996. (laughs) He was like, I was five. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. So he's trying to get that resolved. I mean, these systems are all automated now. They just, the system's like, debt, and like, he can't, you know, so they're trying to get through that, but that's because my parents put the, put the bill in his name. So he's, he and his wife are, you know, rightfully upset, but that's, my parents were dickbags. That's the kind of shit they did. That's, that's a small thing. That's not even a big thing that they did, but. Yeah, that's pretty awful. So, um, my mom got snotty. So my brother's like, and so my brother, he wasn't going to say nothing. He was telling me, he's like, I'm not going to say nothing. His wife wanted to, and he's like, don't say nothing. Just leave it alone. We'll take care of it. It's not a big deal. We don't need to start a fight over this. But then my mom picked a fight. My brother's like, well, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> 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 it was bad. It was bad. So I'm not, I don't know about, I don't know about Christmas Eve tonight. We'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, no, I'm not really doing a whole lot this year. I'm not really buying a whole lot of gifts or doing a whole lot. So uh, not quite, uh, not very Christmassy myself either. But yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's okay. Um, I moved into my new place. Mom moved in. Um, it's, it's not bad. It's a studio. And for those not familiar with the studio, that's basically one room. Um, I have a separate kitchen and a separate bathroom and a huge walk-in closet. But other than that, it's like one room, but it's massive. Like I have my queen size bed in here, my love seat, my coffee table, my dresser, uh, my TV stand, a big media shelf, a floor lamp. I'm at my desk. I got a bookshelf. And I have, not only do I have all that stuff in here, like it's, there's still a lot of open space. So it's, it's a pretty big studio. Is it carpeted or hardwood? Carpeted. Oh, carpeted. Slide around on your socks. No, no. I'm just, it's amazing how much open space is. I have all that stuff in here, which is all the stuff I need really. And then just all this open space, which is because I don't like to feel cramped. You know, I grew up in like these small apartments. Like my parents never owned a home, of course. So we had all these small apartments and five people in them. At times, you know, we lived in motels. So, I mean, I'm used to being cramped. So, it's kind of nice to have all my stuff in one room. But, at the same time, have it, like, nice and big and airy and open. And the cats can play, too. So, it's a little jarring for them. They're like, where the fuck is the rest of the house, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> like here's, this, here's this room. And... <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. But, they're cool now. They're all adjusted. Um, my entire video game collection did fit in the walk-in closet, but I can't get at any of it. I mean, it's all stacked in boxes. I can't get any of it. So um, my apartment uh, complex has, like, storage units you can rent. So 
uh, I did that, and I'm going to start putting some stuff that, I mean, like, I don't play the Atari Jaguar or the ColecoVision. I don't play none of that. So that sort of stuff can can go in there, you know. So it'll be nearby if I ever have a hankering to play, uh, I don't know, Doom on the Jaguar, but uh, I don't need to actually need it. Clog- it's not going to be clogging up my closet. And I'll be able to get it stuff for, like, videos or whatever, so. Uh-huh. Um, so it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well. I actually kind of like the idea of like living in a studio now. At first, I was like, "Oh God!" But <laughs> I, and I and I gotta be honest too. Like like for me, like there's a, a, this is sort of like a like a like a personal shame to it. Like I felt like really bad that like you know I I, I mean I worked really hard to scrape myself up to where I was. I mean you know obviously there was some luck and some opportunity involved in that. But I mean you know I grew up you know shitty. I mean, it wasn't even at start on the fucking game board, on the Monopoly board. I was, who knows where. And so to get to where I was, I had to bust myself, you know? And so, like, to, like, go from living in this nice big townhouse to having a well-paying job, and now I'm, like, in a studio and I'm unemployed. It feels feels like shit, dude. It feels like shit. But try to take it in stride, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with studio apartments. Correct? No, no, no. I know there's not, but I just... I, you know, I, I don't really measure necessarily success by, like, wealth or possessions or anything, but it felt like, you know, when you spend, you know, nearly two decades of, like, your three-decade life, like, under shitty circumstances, and then you work really hard and you get somewhere, you feel like you feel like you deserve that, you know? And then and then it's gone, and you're just like, well, but I'm down, but I'm not out, you know what I mean? It could be way worse, so uh, I'm not going to complain too much, but... You know, it was, it did feel, did make me feel kind of, kind of bad to downgrade, but it's all Even though you would have been cooler if you had a loft bed area. A loft bed area would be great, but whatever. I mean, this, like I said, this, like my studio is, and you can imagine it, it's like a square and then Mm -hmm. off like the lower right corner of the square is like a, is like a rectangle. And the floor plan calls out like a, like the, the, the dining area or something. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to put a table in. I'm not going to waste space with it. I'm going to eat the coffee table. Are you insane? So I put my bed there, and it fits perfectly in that nook. So then the the, the big square is all, like, my living area. Mm-hmm. So I don't even need a loft. My bed fits right in what they call the dining area. It's great. So I got no complaints. It's it's not. It's, it's not bad. It's funny because I pulled up, like, some uh, pictures of studio apartments. And, like, the one you described looks a lot like what I'm looking at right now. So. Hmm. But, no, I'm cool with it now, but uh, that's about it. It's all I've been doing, just moving shit, which is exhausting. And unemployment's made me a little doughy, so I've been going to the gym and looking for work, applying for so many jobs, not getting anywhere. How far How far away is your place from your old place? It's right down the hall. No. Well, then, who cares? It's not like you're moving, like, miles. You don't, like, no. your shit in a car and well, drive well, it. Well, it's not really about that. Isn't it, Craig? That sound that would be more exhausting. I feel like you have less. Well, well, no. It's um. First of all, there's a lot of video games, but no. What was really exhausting was that um. My old apartment was at one end of the building. It's literally like the first door on one end of the building. The dumpster is at the other end of the building, and then down three flights of stairs. So I mean, to haul any garbage out, I have to walk the entire length of the building, which is probably about the length of a football field, down three flights of stairs. Cross a lot to the dumpster and then back up. And I did that. What's today? Tuesday. I did on Sunday. I did that sixteen times in a row by myself. That sucks. That was tiring. So yeah, no. I, I, maybe I don't have room to complain, but it was tiring. There's no <laughs> right. two ways around that. <laughs> um, but that's that's me. Nothing. Nothing really uh, else going on. I guess I'm just 
I'm just hoping that 2014 is my year, you know, get a, get a new job and get back up on my feet. So. Man, 2013 seems to be have been shitty for so many people. I had a crappy two years. I mean, look at my last two years. Lost my fiance, like lost my job. I didn't lose my apartment. I gave it up willingly, but I gave it up because I couldn't afford it anymore. Like it's just been the last three. I mean, last two years have not been kind to me. So yeah, but I mean, just like online or just relatives, even like uh, so many people have been complaining. Yeah, it just seems like the same old shit. As it's always been to me, I don't know. It feels like every single year, which is always not correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. Also, I've not been up to much. I don't think. No, you haven't really been doing anything. Nah, I mean, like my mom came over last night and we made some split pea soup, and I think that's been the highlight of my week. See what a, what a what a stark contrast! Like, yeah, my brother fought with my mom about putting his name fraudulently put his name on the cable bill, and I made split split pea soup with my mom, but no big deal. I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> I have a good relationship with my mom. No big deal. Well, I mean, my mom has her fair share of uh, oddities. Like, she's not always the best mom but she's always been loving to me so that's good enough you know yeah no like like when i was like 16 she's like seth could i borrow a hundred dollars i'm like what why do you not have money you're a fucking adult i'm i'm 16 why are you borrowing money from me my parents used to take my money like she at least asked i would come home from school my room would be i would hide my money and I'm, I'm, I'm like 14 years old. I'm a paper boy. I'm making like 30 bucks a week. And this is how I scrimped and saved for like N64 games, by the way. And I would, I would hide my money because my parents would take it. I'd come home from school. My room would be ransacked. And my dad would be like, you hid your money in a good spot this time. Well, fuck you, asshole. It was <laughs> Better luck next time. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, no. For all, uh, for all the faults my parents have, they, they're, they're pretty awesome people. That's cool. Um, so is that it? You wanna you wanna do a little bit of video game news here? Yeah. All right. Um, we had a Nintendo Direct, and I guess the highlight of that was what is tentatively titled uh, Hyrule Warriors. Correct. Yes, that is correct. It's a mashup of the Legend of Zelda franchise and the um, was it Muso or Dynasty Warriors franchise. <laughs> and reactions were all over the place to this, and I think I think the big problem with this unveiling is that um, it came before a new proper Wii U Zelda. I think if it came after, the reaction would not... The, the negative reactions that came out because of it wouldn't have been as bad. And people uh, might have been more accepting, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because, I mean, I feel like this also... Uh, with this releasing first, it means that the Wii U Zelda might be further off than we had hoped maybe i don't know because this is coming off wind waker hd pretty quickly and i think and it's not really like nintendo proper working on it so it might mean that but i don't i don't i don't think that's a given yeah i guess i, I just don't know how saturated the, the yeah. zelda releases on wii u are gonna be for personally i'm fine with it um you know i own a few of these crowd-based brawlers i do own i own samurai warriors on the 3ds dynasty warriors on the vita and I own Sengagubasara on the PS3, which I actually really like. I like Sengagubasara. Um, and just sometimes he's scratching itch, and I can't explain. I mean, maybe it's the old school gamer in me that likes, you know, that likes brawlers. And beating up a million dudes is better than beating up three dudes. So once in a while, I like these. 
And it's been a little while since the, I think, like I said, Dynasty Warriors next on the Vita was the last time I played. So, you know, it's been a little while. And I think, you know, it's for me, it's coming out at the right time in, in that case. And it's, you know, got the window dressing of Zelda, which I like. So I think for me, it's 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 okay. I, I think I'm I'm interested in it. I, I've never played a, a Musou game. And I think this looks like really, really stupid. But at the same time, I want to play it like really bad. Like, it looks stupid, but fun. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, people need to let go. I think I think it was, um, was it Jeremy Parrish on on Twitter said something like, uh, oh, great, it's Zelda stripped of all the things I like of it, or something like that. Cool, Jeremy Parrish, I understand. But yeah, I, I, I feel like people need to let go of this idea of what Zelda is sometimes, at least for these side games. Maybe not for the series proper, you know, if this was, like, the next Legend of Zelda game, okay, I understand where you're coming from, Jeremy Parrish, but who the fuck complained about Link's Crossbow Training? No one. And that game was awesome. Fuck you if you don't like Link's Crossbow Training. That game was great. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I didn't dislike it at all. I thought it was fine. I thought it was, like, fine for what it was, honestly. And I think, that, I, was... I think that's what Hyrule Warriors is going to be. It's fine for what it is. You can't look at it as the next Legend of Zelda. It's not that. If it was, okay, you have a right to complain. But it's not, and I just I don't see the problem. Uh, yeah, I think they wanted to emphasize that by not even having, you know, the word Zelda in the yeah. tentative title. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah, nah, you got to let go. I, I, think, I think Nintendo should explore other, uh, you know, crossovers, other genres, uh, and stuff like that with their characters. Nintendo's strong suit, um, well, other than their attention to detail when it comes to game design, and they're stable of characters. And, you know, people are like, oh, why doesn't Nintendo have a new IP? Blah. But it's like, this is because they like to use their characters in all sorts of different things, and I think, you know, this is an interesting way to do that, and I think that's, that's, perfectly, that's perfectly okay. I still want a proper Zelda. We all do, and we will get it. This isn't it. That's okay. They they seem to I think this is like their fourth collaboration with uh, Tecmo Koei and you know and, which is a really weird company to collaborate with because I mean <laughs> I, I like some Tecmo games but not I mean the, the Koei side is especially weird because I mean they had the Pokemon and Nabanuga's Ambition yep, game and now yep. this and uh, those just like aren't really huge properties here in the, here in the West anyway I I don't know how how well they do in Japan right. Um, no, it, it does seem strange, but I'm, I'm all for this kind of experimentation. And I mean, as long as we get our traditional stuff too, and we do, we do get that. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I think it's smart to partner with, uh, with outside companies like this for side projects with, uh, with the first party characters. Absolutely. Um, what else came out of this Nintendo? We got some footage of Kirby triple deluxe, which sounds like something you would order from a Wendy's value menu. Um, But it looks good. That looks really good. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, I, I sort of miss, like, 2D Kirby because I just love the sprite work in the Kirby games, but it still looks it looks really damn good. Um, some new footage of Yoshi's – is it called Yoshi's New Island? Yeah. Um, we got some footage of that. Uh, again, that, that also looks different, too, from its predecessors, but I dig it. It looks pretty fun. It looks a little better from last time I seen. Like the colors seem less uh, harsh. Yeah. Well, I thought the, I felt like it looked kind of flat yeah, before. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks better it, now. It looks a little better. Um. 
What else came out of that? There's a lot of stuff in New Chibi Robo. Well, it's been out in Japan for quite some time, but we're getting it for us in the West. It's New Chibi Robo on the eShop. Uh, so yeah. that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm still confused if it's like a adventure, full-on adventure game with like elements where you're taking pictures of... Because it's called Photo Finder, I think. Yeah, something like that. And I mean, one one of the gimmicks in the game is like you take object, or you take pictures of real life objects using your 3ds camera, and you like try to match them up within like silhouettes in the game, and then they like pop into the game, and Chibi Robo adds them to a museum. But I don't know if like that's all there is to it, or if there's like a like a decent like adventure game in there as well, just like the other, at least the first game. Uh, this, I think the second game had it. The second, did you ever play the DS one? I, I did not. I. Actually, I only bought it like a, a month ago. Oh, no it was kidding. A, it was a Walmart exclusive. You yes. Know, so. And it's got that stupid Walmart logo <laughs> on the goddamn box. It does. Um, I, I liked that, actually. That was fun. The biggest problem with that is that it has N- Nintendo's, like, patented constant nagging. Like, the like you know, when you're playing, like, Animal Crossing or Pokemon or something, and when you do these mundane things over and over again, like whether it's going to a Poke Center to heal or an Animal Crossing to like get fossils checked, you get the same lines of dialogue over and over again and you're just mashing A through them. Chibi Robo had that for like fucking everything on the DS, Park Patrol or whatever. So so much pointless dialogue. It was frustrating. Um, But I mean, other than that, it was was good. But... (laughs) I also imported the third game, but... Obviously, I haven't played that yet either, and I hear that one's better, I think, but it's all in Japanese, so right. I don't even know how well I'll be able to play it. I've never tried an adventure game before Yeah, um, I, I in Japanese. Um, there's DLC for Sonic Lost World on the Wii U. The, this first one, it's it's free, right? It has Yoshi theme. Yeah, I downloaded it and played through it. It almost made me want to buy the game, but then I realized, like, I don't want to buy that game. <laughs> Speaking of Sonic Lost World, I, I finally got around to playing the uh, the 3DS demo just to compare the controls. And honestly, like when you're when you're just like running around in, in the 3D environments, anyways, there's no 2D areas in the, in the demo. When you're running around in the 3D areas, um, Sonic actually, I think he feels a little better in the in the 3DS game. Oh God, like, now I don't want to touch the Wii U version it, at wait, all. Wait, but it's everything else though that's like like the wall running is worse. Yeah, and, uh, the the wall running feels really bad. It, like you don't, it feels like you're not getting enough height when you're like doing the the horizontal wall runs. It just feels very off. It feels flimsy. Um, like it feels like, oh god, I hope it works this time. Like it's it yeah, it feels not right. It just feels so off. And then the um, you're right. The the homing detection is 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 worse than the 3ds version as well. Especially on the sp- like, I didn't have so much trouble with the enemies, but like the springs for some reason, Sonic did not always want to lock onto them. I, and- all the platforming just when I was attacking enemies or when I was jumping from platform to platform, where I would die if I missed the platform. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just I always had to like cross my fingers. I hope he makes this jump. I hope I hit the enemy correctly. Like I hope I don't just go flying into oblivion. For no good reason. It, it was it was a very frustrating game. I'm bouncing on, on clouds felt uh, like that. Yes, is feels really really good in the Wii U version. Like really good. Like it like it like you could do precision platforming with it easy on the 3DS version. I was like, holy crap, Sonic! What are you doing? What are you doing? No, turn around. You feel like you're and, gonna fail. You feel like he's just gonna die, and that's gonna be it. You're just hoping. Yeah. So like like just general flat. Running on the ground movement, I think the 3DS version might actually be better. But just like every like all the stuff that actually like where you need to 
do to live. I, I think it's, it feels a lot better on the Wii U version. I'll keep that in mind, but okay. we'll see. If I can find it for like 20 bucks, I'll do it. That's how I feel about the 3DS version. Like if I could get the 3DS version for like $18 or cheaper, <laughs> maybe uh, I'll try it out. Uh, what came out from this Nintendo Direct? We got the NES remix, um, mm-hmm. which, which we'll, we'll talk about later because I'm sure we both played that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? There's probably a few more things. I think overall it's a good Nintendo Direct. I was pretty satisfied with it. More information yeah. on Brave, Bravely Default. Yeah, we got a Mario Kart 8 trailer and a, and a Smash Bros. trailer. Yep. The Smash Bros. trailer was like a fake out. It was pretty damn because like it starts off with like Kirby flying around on his uh on his star, and then like he enters a Mario Kart race, and it's like, wait, wait, is Kirby in Mario Kart? What's going on? And yeah. then all of a sudden, like Rosalina shows up, and she's like, Rosalina enters the brawl or something, and it's like, oh shit, it was a Smash trailer. They tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mario Kart looks gorgeous. Every single time I see that, man, that game looks so good. It's like the lighting in it is just, it's weird because I'm not used to seeing like graphically impressive Mario. Like I think the Wii version especially looked, because they, they, well, there was a lot of characters, um, in the, in the Wii version on, on screen at once. And yeah. it was just a really ugly looking game to be see, honest. Yeah, see a lot of people said that. I guess I didn't really have that problem. I don't know. I guess no? I didn't, no, no, I guess I didn't feel that way. I mean, I wasn't like, I'm not blown away like I am with hate, obviously, but I mean, I didn't really have any problems with it, no. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean, the character models are just like really, really, really low poly, I think. Um, but no, I don't know, this game looks like crazy good. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, so Nintendo Direct, I think it was overall good news. I don't know what people... Might have been expecting from that, but um, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about here. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, Microsoft is doing. Uh, they've talked. They talked about this like um, exclusive, like video content for live. Uh, so on the 360 or on the one, and um, I guess the first bit of it is like a video game documentary, and I think I read that it was supposed to be a series. I'm not sure. This first one is about searching for, like, the E.T. landfill, about, like, the video game crash and, and looking for, like, the E.T. landfill where all these cartridges of E.T. were supposedly crushed and buried or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was kind of a good idea. I mean, live... <clears throat> live, I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't uh, there's less and less value in it. I mean, if you hold it against PSN and, and we say that, well, they're both good for playing online, and if you play a lot of online, then it obviously doesn't matter. You're going to pay for either one. But I don't play a lot of online. And so, like, live holds, like, no value for me. Uh, for, for, for a while there, I was just paying for it to access Netflix, and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, if Microsoft can get some things like this on there, I mean, because it was the same thing. Like, people were get, becoming jaded with, like, Netflix, and then Netflix started rolling out exclusive content. And I think that yeah. that did that did you know that benefited them. This might benefit Microsoft because you know they're trying to do like these free games like Sony does, and they're like, here, have this seven year old game for free that you can get at GameStop for like three fifty. And you know, if you don't have the game or whatever, then maybe it's and you're already paying for live because you love playing online. Then yeah, it's great, but for but it's not an, it doesn't incentivize it for anyone else. Um. So, you know, you hold that up against PSN and, and PSN offers discounts and it's almost like a, a rental service in, in some way for much newer games. And you can play online. 
I don't know. I paid thirty bucks for it, and I'm I'm down with it. I wasn't gonna pay for it before because I don't like the concept of like not owning the game or whatever. But thirty bucks, and I can play online with my PS4, and I can check out you know games for free. Or I'll probably end up buying like, if I like a game and it's free, I'll probably end up buying the physical game, of course. But, I, I, I was staying away from PS Plus just because I already have so many goddamn games to play. I was like, I don't, I don't need free games. Don't give me free <laughs> games. Uh, but yeah, no, for, for thirty bucks, I couldn't, I couldn't turn that down. But just like live, there's just no value there, and it's just, it's amazing how much is gated off even through live. Like on the Xbox One, you can't use Internet Explorer without for really. Yes. Jesus. Uh, okay, that's weird. You can't access like Netflix. Obviously, that's still the same. That's re- I still don't understand. I don't understand uh, gating those behind live at all. No, no. It, they think they're being clever, and I think they're being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the multiplayer I've always been like vocally supportive of. Like, look, it's three, four dollars a month or whatever. I think I thought at the time. I mean, I I haven't really been able to play online with the PS4 and the One and compare them. But at the time, I think the 360 was way better to play online with than the PS3. Because everything was standardized. I mean, everything was handled through, like, the OS. Like, you could quickly send a message or join a game or whatever through the OS rather than booting up the game and going through, you know, a unique menu. Every game has its own menus, and you would have to do that on the PS3. Whereas on the 360, you could pull up someone's profile. Oh, they're playing Halo 3. Click join game, and then you're in. It's all handled through. Yeah. That, that was way easier. And is that worth paying for live? I don't know. That's That's up to you. But for me... When I did play online, I was I felt like I was just paying for that ease of use that the PS3 totally didn't have, and I was fine with that. But now that I really don't play online much anymore, whatever, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> but if they get some original good like video content, that might be that might be a reason to to get back up online. I think I think it's a unique idea. I, I'm I, you know I thought it was interesting, so I thought I pointed out. I, I it's pretty. I wouldn't incentivize myself. I, I right. I'm not. I couldn't yeah. care less. But it depends on what the content and, is. There could be some video content. I mean, maybe not necessarily this specifically, but the idea that there could be like other content that might get me into it. Mm-hmm. I see what they're. I see what they're trying to do. That's not gonna. That's not gonna. I think I have live right now. Anyways, like I swear to God, like I'll. I'll go without live for several months, and then somebody will like, hey, let's play a game. I'm like, shit, I don't have live. And then I'll like go buy a year's worth and just throw it on there, and then I'll play for like a few weeks, and then whoop, just let it sit in there and go to waste again. Yeah, I know. That's pretty much what I do. That's why I can't play MMOs. I um, Back when you pay, most of them you don't pay for anymore, but no. back when I was playing Warcraft, I, I liked Warcraft well enough. But the problem is like I'm kind of, you know scatterbrained when I play my games. I'll play something for like a while and then I'll cool off and then I'll come back to it or maybe I'll just put it down for like a month. I, like I would pay for an entire month of Warcraft and then never play it. And I had no problem with the idea that there was a cost for it, but I just, it wasn't, a lot of the time it just wasn't value in it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't just play one game for like months anymore. Like I, like, no, no. When I did for with that really was PSO, but I can't, I just can't do that anymore. Gotcha. No, nope, I'm right there with you. So, uh, do you have any other news you'd like to add? Uh, no, I got nothing. All right. Then let's do listener inputs. Uh, if you want to get involved with this, it's the mailbag at tmulus.net. Big banner. You can leave a comment, and uh, it could be a question or just a remark or whatever, and we will read it on the show. Uh, first up, we have Confused Batman. 
and he says, I bet Seth has, is this $1 billion in a Swiss bank account? $1 billion in a Swiss bank account and just wants to keep his sister company, his sister company, but we'll never know. Is this true? Do you have a billion dollars, but you just hang out with your sister because she's lonely? Absolutely, yes. Is your, is your, I know I'm not trying to get sound creepy here, even though it is. Is your sister, is your sister married or have a boyfriend? Like, is she? Uh, no, she's married. She's married. I was saying, you live with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing a married couple and then just this beaner kid hanging out in a closet or something oh, with a bunch of we, video games. <laughs> we we have another roommate too, so. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Man, this is a sitcom. No kidding. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people in this house. <laughs> That's pretty rad, though. I mean, the other roommate was, I think, her like friend from high school or something. So keeps costs down for everyone. Whatever, just <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's expensive out here, all right. No, no, I hear it's expensive. I don't want to move into too. a studio apartment. <laughs> uh, confused Batman goes on to say, "Typing from a 3ds is hard." Yeah, it probably is. I don't know why you'd surf the web on a 3ds. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound fun. Comic books guy says, hey, guys, I'm hoping to get a Wii U for Christmas and uh, reading on different game sites that Nintendo is going to drop support for and introduce new home console in 2015 or so. This doesn't sound like it would make much sense from a business perspective or a financial perspective, but if they did this, they would probably lose a lot of support uh, both from their fan base and even more from third-party publishers. Do you guys think that this would ever take the, this would ever take the route of Sega in the, in the end of their console days? And if, if it's... If if they did, would you lose faith in them as a company? Uh, number one, they're I. That's they're probably not dropping support for Wii U. They're going to run this bitch into the ground. They're 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 stuck with it, whether they like it or not. I yeah. Think at this point. Yeah. So they'll they'll ride it out. Well, could it? Is it possible they'll have a truncated console life cycle? Is this is this a four year life cycle rather than a five or a six? Maybe I don't see them coming out with a new console in 2015. Now. Um, yeah, that's that's probably a bad idea. I don't see them going the route of Sega because they're they, listen. They're sitting on a huge pile of money. They are, and the 3DS is doing well. I mean, you gotta remember they have two consoles. One one is doing really well. The other is doing very poorly. Um, so they're not going to go to the route of Sega. They're making money. They have money, and I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, as for losing faith in them in a, as a company. No, um, I, I like their games. Um, oftentimes, I like their hardware too because it's interesting and does interesting things. But it, you know, they make great games, so that's that. But nah, they're gonna ride this Wii U out, and they'll learn some lessons from it. And meanwhile, the 3DS is a great system, so they better learn some fucking lessons from it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what could they take away from it. Okay, first of all, the name is dumb. The name, yeah, that's... the name is dumb. The gamepad I thought was a great idea, and everyone's like, "Well, what's the point of the gamepad?" And, and I'm and I'm sitting here watching TV while playing Mario. I think it's great. I mean, that's but like let me let me tell you, NES Remix I feel is like the perfect fucking gamepad game. I, I yeah, I was playing that on the gamepad while watching TV. It's it's a it's a you know, does every game need to have this novel idea? Is it just great for in, managing your inventory without? fucking around with a bunch of different menus and buttons. Yeah. Is it great so that someone can watch TV while you play a game? Absolutely. Um, it's also great for asymmetric multiplayer. Um, I'm sure a lot of people don't do that. I don't do it very often, but I've done it a few times, and it's awesome that both people can have their own screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's obviously not as 
industry shattering as the um, as the Wii remote as motion controls. Because everyone has motion controls. That's standard in everything. The Vita has them. The 3DS has them. Uh, I was surprised that the Xbox One had them. I had no idea. I was playing Dead Rising 3, and it was telling me to, to shake the shake the controller in a direction. I'm like, what, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I didn't understand. For, I mean, first of all, the icon is tiny as hell, because all these games have to have stupid small text and everything. God, is it still small? Like, Dead Rising's, like, Bane is small text. It's, I don't, it's I don't... tiny, and this icon showing me to shake the controller was small at the center bottom of the screen and I just I had no idea what it was trying to tell me to do. so I was wiggling the control sticks and I had no idea that the, the, the Xbox One controller actually had motion in it everything has motion now I mean the Wii really did impact the industry um, but is the Wii U going to do that I don't know. You might even say it has. I mean, I mean, everyone's talking about second screen shit now. It's not mandatory. It's not out of the box like the Wii U. But everyone's talking about, you know, we got, oh, the Vita can do remote play to the PS4. Good fucking luck. No one's going to do that. Um, you know, Microsoft's like, we got the, the new and improved Smart Glass app. No one's doing that either. <laughs> and they said that you could do on your phone. Everyone has that. But... Uh, it, when you, when you're holding a controller, well, I mean, with the Vita, it, may, it makes sense. You, I mean, I think pretty sure you could use the Vita as a controller if the game mm. allows it. But the smart glass shit, it just seems very uh, clumsy. Clumsy, yeah, because you're holding a controller and then, like, you're what? You're balancing a phone on your knee or something? <laughs> no, I, I no, I, I absolutely agree. So you know, everyone chastises this controller. They should have just gone with a traditional controller. Maybe they should have. I think that people would have found something else to bitch about. To be perfectly honest. Um, but, but people are already aping them. I mean, Nintendo's been doing the second screen thing since the GameCube. Like, it's, it's not even new for them. They just standardized it. And I don't know. I, I think it's actually, it's not as earth shattering as the Weaver mode, but the subtle things it brings to the game, like I said, Im- managing inventory, playing while someone watches, someone else watches TV, asymmetric multiplayer is really kind of nice. Unfortunately, it drives up the cost of the console to the point where, like, you know, it's it's three hundred dollars, and of course, it comes with a couple of games. So it's three hundred dollars with like New Super Mario Bros. U and New Super Luigi, or whatever it's called. Um, and then the PS4 is like a hundred dollars more, and of course, people are like, well, for hundred dollars more, I can get this beastly ass system, and it's like, cool. You can't play Mario on that. You have some decisions to make. It's not just you can play the- Mac. There, you- <laughs> people in Europe seem to prefer that. So I don't know. We'll see about that. Um, so, uh, I, I don't think you can't think about cost strictly in terms of like how much memory and transistors it gives you. Uh, you know, I, I paid for the Wii U cause I want to play Nintendo games, regardless of how powerful it is. That's what I have to do. Um, so, you know, Nintendo is going to struggle to drop that price because of the cost of that controller. Uh, so they, they, they have an uphill battle ahead of them, but I don't think that controller is just as bad. I don't know where, why people have such a problem with it. I, I honestly, I love it. I, I think it's uh, it feel it's a great addition to the system. I think. I think makes, so too. Just makes everything easier. I mean, even just like doing Netflix. That's that's my Netflix machine. I, I play I play Netflix on that now because you can just go through your catalog right there on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what it is. Why people are not? It's not as comfortable as a traditional controller. Like I'll I'll give them that. Um, but it's not bad. Like you think that thing would be heavy and unwieldy, but it's really not. Yeah, I, like the only problem I have with it is the is the battery life is dick. Yeah, it's like three hours tops. Yeah. I think I think uh, the Nintendo Store just got in a, a larger capacity battery on their on their website. They did, and how much is that? Like thirty dollars? Like thirty five bucks? Yeah. It's ridiculous, right? 
So, yeah, good luck with that. I might buy one eventually, but I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I have to buy one because I'm... <laughs> just, it's like, oh, I'm playing, playing, so I'm having a good time. Oh, shit, that light's red again. Where the fuck's the plug? And then it starts flashing at you like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I have to get this on there. Yep. Uh, so I don't know what Nintendo can do. I really don't think the Wii U is that bad of a system. I think it's, I think it's actually a pretty decent system. I don't... The problems that other people perceive in it, I don't really think they're that much of a problem. It has its quirks. It's slow to load shit. Um, I don't know what third parties are doing. You know, they're complaining like, well, the Wii U, blah, 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 Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. And then they put out like these half-ass games and then they're like, well, we're not putting out DLC. And it's like, why? <laughs> why is there no DLC coming out for your game? Yep. So. Uh, <sighs> I mean, it's like, and there's such... An emphasis. I feel like there's like a huge emphasis on, on console power, like more than ever before. Like in the in the PS2 era, even in the Wii era, era nobody gave a shit that the Wii was. Well, actually, a ton of people gave a shit. That yeah, the Wii was yeah. Powerful. Okay, yeah. but nobody gave a shit that the PS2 was less powerful than no. the other two consoles. No, I mean that, there's always been these arguments, but I think, I mean, well, actually, here in the US, I don't think there was a whole lot of argument between the NES and the Master System. Nobody bought the Master System. No, what the fuck is the Master System? But, like, the Super Nintendo and, like, the Genesis, I don't really think there was that many. I mean, there were, there were arguments, and there's blast processing, mode 7. <laughs> but, it, I don't know, maybe it's the internet, you know? Maybe maybe it's the advent of the internet, but... The internet ruined everything. Ruined everything, but I just... I mean, among my friends, people played the games on the systems that they were on. We didn't really think much of it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, yeah, with the with the N sixty four and the PS one, you, you you heard a little more trash talking. But I mean, both of those systems had their problems. I mean, you had like texture warping and pixelated ass textures on the PS one, and then the N sixty four, you had like fog and muddy textures. I mean, they both had their problems, their their be- their benefits and their drawbacks. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a, there was too much arguing about that. Yeah, either. I mean, it wasn't until the Wii, until Nintendo said like, you know what, this rat race is garbage. And then everyone's like, whoa, what's up, buddy? What's up with your little bullshit system? Wasn't until yeah. then. And I feel that's part of their folly, uh, at least among third-party developers, because they really like their system power, I guess. But I feel like there's, like, diminishing returns. I mean, a lot of people have talked about that, but, I mean, I play the Xbox when I play Dead Rising on there. There's nothing dramatic. There's no... There's nothing next-gen about Dead Rising 3. There's nothing next-gen about Killzone Shadowfall. And so... I mean, Killzone Shadowfall might look prettier than something could be done on the PS3, but I don't... I don't think so, man. Like, go... Like, listen. Play Far Cry 3 on a console. That game looks amazing. I don't, not to say it couldn't get better, but it's like that generation of systems can do some terrific stuff. And the Wii U is technically slightly more powerful than that. So I, I just don't know what more I need than that. And I look at something on the PS4 and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just not there. So I don't know. We're getting, This console power thing is, I think we're getting some diminishing returns from it at this point. At least I feel that way. I don't know how else feels, but I don't know. They yeah. seem to like they seem to like their console power. Nintendo's just not going to do that anymore. And if they uh, do, no uh, one's going mean, to care. I mean, I, I don't know if that's hurting them or not. Like, I don't know if they if they did have a, a more powerful console, if if they would actually get some more third party support. Um, 
Nintendo's a punching it's hard, bag. It's hard to say at this point because they're like stuck in this weird, like, they're Nintendo zone. Yes, exactly. No, they're a punching bag. And it doesn't matter. They could have done everything everybody wanted and they'd be like, well, it has Mario, so no. Mm-hmm. I'm tired, Mario. Same thing over and over again. Or the- I, I, yes, I would like to reserve Call of Duty, please. Or the third-party devs would go back to the, well, we can't compete against the Nintendo IPs, so... Yeah. There's always going to be something. There's nothing... I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot that Nintendo can do to get out of their run. And, the, and you know the strange thing is, is that people criticize Iwata for being a bad businessman. And I don't know. I, I really don't... I really don't know. I can't comment on that. They seem... They have money. They have more money than <laughs> the other dudes, so... I don't know. It can't be that bad of a businessman. But... I've never been more satisfied with Nintendo their, their, in terms of their games, their creative output, as I have uh, under Iwata. Yeah. <laughs> the Wii had a tremendous... The, the, dude, the dude greenlights a lot of really damn good games. Uh, the Wii, people criticize it for like Nintendo going casual, but that game has crazy Nintendo IPs on there. Tons of stuff. The DS... Tons of experimental stuff on there. So much good stuff. Some of it you have to import, to be fair, but there's a ton of great stuff on there. The 3DS, tearing it up. That is the next-gen system to get right now. And the Wii U, it's slow. It's slow, but it's getting there, you know? So I've never been more happy than I have under Iwata. Speaking of 3DS, it's really weird that, like, the handhelds are the one place where people don't care about power over games. People are like, oh, the 3DS has more and better games. Yeah. It, less so, less so. You still hear it like, Vita's the most powerful system. No one cares, man. Go back to playing Hotline Miami. I played that two years ago. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. But I, people just seem to be more accepting about games over power on, on the handheld. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, Confused Batman says, uh, following up on our VGX discussion, Joel McHale is a dick, but Community is one of my favorite shows, so I'm indifferent. I think you could still care that he's a dick and like Community. I I I think Community is okay. Uh, I, I don't really have strong feelings about it one way or another. I guess I'll watch it, so there's that. But um, yeah, Joe McHale was a bad co-host. I no, still never watched any of that. Yeah, I missed nothing. <laughs> he picked up a few of those trailers, like No Man's Sky or whatever. Like later, you're all set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah says, hey guys, just recently started listening again for the first time since 2011. I forgot how much I love the podcast. Great job. Keep it up. Thanks. Uh, I was wondering if any of you have games that you feel extra special when you play them in a certain place or just bring back a lot of nostalgia. I asked because recently my family sold the cabin we had in Wisconsin. We'd had it since before I was born and was the place where I touched the game controller for the first time and played my first and all-time favorite game, Donkey Kong Country. The SNES always stayed at our cabin until this past May when I brought it home. Sort of shocked at how suddenly it hit me that I would never go up there anymore. Sure, I saw the same cartridge from my childhood, but I'll never be able to play it in the same place again, which is definitely part of the reason why DKC is so dear to me. So I've written a freaking novel there. I'll shut up. Thanks for putting on such a great podcast. Uh, no problem. Um, me, I don't. I don't have that. I've moved around so much growing up, and no, I don't. I don't. The place? Nah, not really. Yeah, no, I. I... I think the longest I've lived in one place is like five years. So, you know, and there's like no childhood homes or anything because, you know, my parents always move around too. Right, so. right, yeah. I guess, I guess the closest thing is my grandparents because they've lived where they live. They lived in their house in 77. So, like, what, like six years before I was even born. Um, 
And I guess that's like the close. And I've lived there. Like I lived there growing up for like 10 non-consecutive years. So that's, 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 uh, that's, that's where I've, you know, spent most of my time like living is my grandparents' house. So that's like the closest thing, but I, I mean, I really, I guess I don't really care where I play my games. Uh, uh, my, my aunt and uncle have lived in the same place since I was like little, um, but fuck, I hated going there. <laughs> <laughs> my cousins are the, like the biggest dicks in the world. So I, I, uh, no, no. I did play video games there. I did not have good times there. So, no. All right. Ryan J., the dog with a hat, says, Came here to specifically call out Craig on his wrong as hell statement from last week's episode. Yo, naming pets with people's names is the way to go, man. It's funny and charming to have a dog or a cat named like a person. My girlfriend has a dog named Keith. Your girlfriend's terrible. Dumper. Her previous one being named Steve. Gosh, this gets more and more awful. <laughs> and we're both going to the names Gus's, Dave, Neil, and Frank for dogs. So they're naming their – they're like picking like baby names for their dogs. <laughs> Dusty like sees their baby and goes, let's name that baby Gus. Just, Gus is like a 50-year-old man's name. You, you don't Listen, just knock her up and name your kids. Stop naming these dogs. People, that's the, if not they have you're... kids, they're going to name them like Fluffy or something. <laughs> <laughs> these are no. This is not wrong as hell. You guys are dumb. This is some backwards New Zealand shit. <laughs> you name? I want to hear it. This is stupid. You don't name uh, dogs after people. Uh, like a- after- absolutely incorrect. I, I feel like in a lot of like uh, Japanese things I watch, uh, they name their their dogs like english names like or at least western like antoine or like what joe, like joe like, well like it's in in king of fighters blue mary has a dog named antoine and okay. uh i don't know i can't think of a lot of examples right now but i feel like i i always i they all the dogs a lot of times have western names but, but, but i mean well technically aki is, name, is a person's name see but that's different I think. why is that different because it's in another language. Like, I think even, so. like, the Japanese example that you have. Okay. Is pretty, because, I mean, Aki's name is not, like, Steve. Steve is meaningless. There's nothing. Steve is not a thing. Aki's, <laughs> Aki's full name is Akiko, which is means autumn child. Like, it has a meaning. There's, there's a Let part- me tell you, Steve is, like, one of my favorite dog names ever. If I met a dog named Steve, I would hang out with that dog. It'd probably be the most boring dog in the world. <laughs> I work in a textile mill. I, I, that's what I imagine. That's what I imagine all Steves do. All right, textile mills are, could be interesting. You'd be like, "Oh man, Dave lost his hand or his paw in that machine the other day." <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but yeah, no, Aki uh, has. It's a person's name. It's technically a girl's name, <laughs> but he, he can. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have no bits no more anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think that's a bit different. I think I think other languages names, you know, appropriating the, another culture is a little bit different. But like, like Gus, nah, fuck that. Uh, he also says, also video games or whatever. I just bought a DOS Win ninety five PC and I'm digging the heck out of it. Do any of you have much experience with classic PC stuff? Do you have any recommendations for DOS games that are worth tracking down? Not DOS. Um, you know, we didn't. I got it. We got our first computer. In 95, so Windows 95, and that was, man, I hated it, because schools used Apple computers, and they're way smarter, like, I guess I even felt that back then, because, like, you get, I would put a disk in on this Windows 90, Windows 95 computer, I'd be like, well, how come it's not appearing on the desktop? Where the fuck is my disk? Where'd it go? 
And so then you either have to go to like my computer. My you have to go looking, digging for it, or like run, do a run command. I right. I, I, I didn't right. even know how to dig for it. I I yeah, I, I ran for it. It was an A drive. You know, floppies were A drive. So I'm like, cool and big flash. And whereas with Mac, it's right it mounts and it's right there on the desktop. You just mount it, and that's it. Windows. I thought Windows was stupid as hell, man, when I first had it. Uh, but we didn't. We didn't have. We didn't have DOS. Um, but uh, we didn't play a lot of games on computers back then. Uh, a few like freeware things. Microsoft Entertainment Packs. It was just like Chips Challenge all day, every day. Um, nah, didn't play a lot of a lot of computer games. Um, my mom bought an IBM in '93, and I didn't play a lot of computer games, so I'm not going to recommend good any good ones, but. I do remember having to go into the DOS menu and hit slash run. <laughs> uh, I, like the the ones I can remember was uh, there was a, a point and click adventure game called Hell Cab. Um, that I'm pretty sure I made my mom buy for me because I liked the, uh, the the packaging it came in. Like it was like in a little cardboard sleeve, and then like when you opened it up, it was like a like the like a taxi door or something with like the manual inside, like the side door where you know people throw their trash, and they're like, "Holy, get fucking trash out of my car!" And <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> so I I bought and played that. Um, I, I don't think I could get very far in it because it was a point click adventure game, and I was like eight or something. So. Um, there was this adventure game that I played a demo for, and I didn't really have like purchasing power back then, so I couldn't ever buy it. And I've never been able to see it. I never saw it anywhere else. It's called the Space Bar, which of course is a pun, but it's about a bar in space. And you're you play like this dude who's we. I think you're like looking for like a murderer or something, and you have the ability to go into people's minds and view their memories. So you would just talk to, like, these patrons in this bar, these goofy aliens, and then go into their minds? That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was kind of neat. It was a pretty neat demo, man. I thought I had, I thought, I don't know, it would be great to play the full game. But I mean, so there you go, Ryan. You can check out the space sounds bar. Sounds like Psychonauts. Uh, there was also some racing game I played that had, like, this announcer that was a Don Knotts wannabe. And he would just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he would just, like, talk and talk, like, between races. And I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever because it was... Oh shit! I just remember like dinosaurs 3D. <laughs> what? Yeah, it came with a computer. You put on like these 3D glasses. And... <laughs> Come on, like the no, red dude, blue. it was awesome. And like you had like a dinosaur museum, and like you could go through and look at all the dinosaurs. But then there was also like little mini games you could play too uh, on offshoots of the museum. That was awesome, dude. Bite Ryan, buy dinosaurs 3D. Or... It's something along those lines. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but buy the space. Bar. I'm gonna look on. I'm gonna look up eBay right now for the space bar. But that, I, man, I always wanted to own that game. Might have been called Dinosaur 3D Museum. Now, Dinosaur that 3D Museum. Something along those that's lines. A, that sounds. That sounds educational, dude. It is. It's, it's <laughs> dinosaurs. So who cares? If you're learning about dinosaurs, it's awesome. It, it, oh wow! There's a few listings for this on. Man, last time I looked, I never saw. So looks like this from 1996. It's got the box and everything. Man, that's a cool ass box. You should just buy this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this just so I can buy the box. Add to watch list, and it's thirty five dollars. That's the buy it now. That's not too bad. So yeah, Ryan, do the space bar. Do it. Do space bar. Dinosaur Museum 3D. Make I'm... sure it has 3D glasses. You need those. <laughs> uh, Chaos Saturn uh, says, it, it's been a while since I last asked a question. Still been listening. Just lazy on the question asking. That's okay. Anyway, here are the questions. Number one, what are your favorite Zelda item and dungeon? If too hard to pinpoint, just say a few you enjoy. Um, 
We we were asked like our favorite Zelda dungeon like a few episodes ago. I think we were. Um, and I do not know what my favorite Zelda dungeon is. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said mine was Dodongo's Cavern, but you know yeah. it's a floating it's a floating uh, favorite. Yeah, there's a few that I enjoyed. Dodongo's Cavern. That's a good one. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. And, and you know, fuck it, I'm not going to. Um, item though, I don't know. There's some cool items, but I. I appreciate the spinner and Twilight Princess just for that battle alone. That's it, it. was so underutilized, though. Like, it I was. Feel like they had this awesome idea. Like, it's a really good idea for an item, and then they just they used it in that dungeon, and then like a couple spots in the overworld to like get heart containers or whatever. And like then that's rupees it. they just put back. Oh god, I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. Nah, in that dungeon, the spinner was great. That boss battle was fucking amazing. It was that was a genius boss battle, but. Anything else to do with the spinner. But I, I really like the spinner. I thought, you know, when it was used, it was terrific, but it just uh-huh. it wasn't used. There should have been, like, top battles. I should have been, like, Beyblading around. Like, <laughs> that would have been badass. <laughs> right? That would have been yeah. great. Nah, nah, no Beyblades. They should bring it back. Bring back the spinner. Bring back the spinner. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with the spinner. Whatever. I... I feel like it's sort of a cop-out answer, but I sort of really like, like, the double hook shot in Twilight Princess as well. That was kind of cool. I mean, that was underutilized, too. But for that dungeon, for the Sky Palace or whatever the fuck Yeah, you're just, like, Spider-Manning around and yeah. you're, like, a badass. Nope, that was pretty cool. Man, Twilight Princess had some good items. What the fuck was wrong there were, with that game? There were good – there's good aspects about – that's what I feel like what makes the Zelda games I dislike all the more frustrating that I dislike them because there are actually good ideas in them. They just mm-hmm. belong in a better game is all. <laughs> um, number two, do you think Nintendo remake Majora's Mask for 3DS? I, I kind of think so. I kind of I, – I'm hoping they do. I mean I don't know if I'm just speaking for my hope. But there's this weird like – I mean they had – they were hinting in, in A Link Between Worlds. I mean you have Majora's Mask hanging on Link's wall in A Link Between Worlds. And there's also this weird like mask cult – that grows throughout the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's that. There's Skull Kid trophy that they unveiled for the new Super Smash Brothers. And then I just remembered, like, well, because I got it in the mail. Because I completely forgot about it. I ordered it so long ago. The, the elite reward for Club Nintendo was the Majora's Mask soundtrack. So, like, wh- where, why is there all this Majora's Mask stuff if it's not leading towards something, you know? Plus, and like, every time Ayanoma's asks, he's basically like winking about it like, yeah, yeah yeah i i think it's i think it's coming i think it's coming too i you know i, I mean could, what I, else is what else is grezzo working on another stupid eShop game about planting flowers <laughs> that game's fine all right <laughs> that, that, that game that game is adequate it is it's it's, it's, it's actually pretty fun like growing new flowers and having them pollinated it's so friends. slow that motherfucker doesn't shut up dr mendeley mengeley or whatever the hell his name is he doesn't just hold shut up Hold R, man. Just hold R. I do R's. hold R. It's still fuck <laughs> way too And he says the same shit. It's typical Nintendo. Says the same shit every single time. He's friendly. He's being polite. He's like, hey, Well, I'm yeah. impolite because if I was actually there, I'd be like, Mendel, you already told me this shit. I know I can go to fucking Pot Palace or whatever. You could go, you could go I, do jobs at the I, Pot Palace. I can go to Stoner's Pot Palace. Just Grow that reefer. <laughs> Uh, number three. In 2014, do you think Nintendo will show or release the next big Zelda game for Wii U? I have a feeling they'll show it. Release yeah. now. 
No. I, I think they'll definitely show it. I don't know when, since, you know, I did just Nintendo Directs pop up like a day beforehand now. And Yeah. I think they'll do it for E3. I don't think they'll be at E3 again. I think Because, listen, their Nintendo Directs, they can do it on their own terms, pre-record everything, save money, and they have everyone's attention just the same. So, but I think they'll do an E3 one, and I think they'll, they'll probably show it at that one. Okay. Uh, number four, what do you think Nintendo has to do to get the Wii U to sell better? No, I have Wii U. I want it to do good. Um, no, yeah, so do I. I mean, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean we can't discuss the reality of the fact it ain't selling. Um, I don't know. I don't, they're, first of all, the commercials are garbage. The commercials are stupid. They're trying to target this everybody family audience again. The families don't give a shit. They don't care. Um, stop that. They have these kids like, hey, mom and dad, we gotta buy a Wii U. Like, no, it's not, <laughs> commercials are dumb. The commercials are terrible. Um, there's, I mean, there's just better, better marketing and, um, more games. And yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to become a juggernaut or anything, but that, those two things will help them. They need to just stockpile an awesome library of games and then have a commercial where they go, look, bitches, we have all these fucking games. And then I, I think they'll be okay. But I think that's the biggest thing. Everyone's like, well, they got to do the, like all like, these stupid small things. Like, they got to get more virtual con. No one's going to buy it for the virtual console. It's not happening. Uh, I mean, they should well, improve the virtual, that. The virtual console releases are fucking stupid the way they handle them, but that's not going to sell. It's not going to sell consoles. You know, the st- staggering them on the Wii, I didn't think was necessarily that bad of an idea or that big of a deal. But now it's just kind of like, okay, you're releasing the same stuff. You know, just put it out there, man. If you have it, put it out there. Just put it out there. And it kills me because, like, they're not they're not really doing anything to them. It was a novel concept on the Wii. You can do it however you want. You make the rules because this is your idea. Now everyone's doing it. Everyone's releasing old games. You're not leading the pack anymore. Just fucking put them out there. Just put them out. You don't make the rules anymore. I hope you guys have a happy Christmas and New Year, just in case uh, you don't make any more podcasts before then. Or if you're reading after then, uh, early for next year. Well, thank you. Hope you have a happy Christmas and New Year as well. Uh, Clock Blocker says, have you ever bought a packaging for a game that came with the wrong game inside? No. I'm assuming he means brand new, because then that would be a shock. You'd buy, like, a used yeah, game. Yeah, no, I've never... It's never happened. I wonder if it happened to him. Maybe. You know, Clock Blockers can't just leave us hanging like that. Yeah, right? Uh, I did once rent a wrong video game at, 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 a, at Blockbuster because it was in the wrong section. Mm. I didn't, I was I was little. I wanted to rent Sonic Spinball, and I accidentally grabbed Sonic Two, and I already fucking had Sonic Two. I want to play Sonic Spinball. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah, it turns out Sonic Spinball is awful anyway. <laughs> what a te- what an annoying game. Um, just, controls bad. I beat the game, and I like. Oh, I gave up. Fuck that. I'm, you no, tortured man, yourself, I, not me. Yeah, I did. I tortured myself to to beat that shit. No way. No way. Um, uh, Finn Gamer on YouTube. He bought a copy of Red Steel 2. It was brand new, sealed. No game inside. Just nothing inside. Nothing. I, I have read a few instances of that online. Just a few, not a lot. But, yeah. You know. So, um, and and thankfully, I mean, the store believed him. So, you know, he was able to get a disc for it. But, man, that's... Because, I mean, how, how can you convince him? Oh, I brought this home. There's no game in it. Can I get a game? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. That's... Now, what are you going to do then? Um, David Proctor. Hey, fellas. Nothing gaming related this week. I've kind of checked out of gaming, uh, out of the gaming media for a little until all the doom and gloom dies down a bit. 
so I thought I'd go for a more festive question. Do any of you, do any, uh, do any of you have any particular movies or specials you watch each year around the holidays? My dad and I always watch Christmas Vacation every year after we put the tree up, and things like Home Alone 1 and 2, and the Santa Claus usually get a watch at some point as well. Anyways, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Oh, and Merry Christmas, except you, Seth, you crazy-ass motherfucker. <laughs> so I don't think Seth watches anything. I think he's just like, well, I'm just going to watch NCIS today because it's another <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, man. You know, there was – I'm going to go back to Mexico City. There was a channel. There was an English channel, one of the few English channels in Mexico City. It was just all crime dramas like NCIS, <laughs> CIS, CSI Miami, CIS, CIS New that's, York, that, Criminal you know, Minds. That's not even a bad – isn't that what all CBS is anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It was it, it was helping with Spanish though because like all the all the English shows are subtitled in Spanish. So like I was like actually like learning some new phrases I could use like when I was out and about. And I was like, hey, this is actually kind of helpful. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> Magnify. Yes. I could go out on the city streets and solve crimes. <laughs> nice. And that makes that kind of makes sense that there's a whole channel for that. That doesn't surprise me. People are really into those shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is what is that? Like CBS has that is, is Big Bang Theory on CBS as well? That's that show. Uh, yeah. I think so. So yeah, they got NCIS and uh, Big Bang Theory. They're the, they're the most watched channel. It kind of blew my mind. Really? Yeah, I don't watch. I don't think I watch CBS at all. People like their fucking run of the mill shit. I guess <laughs> whatever. Might be. Um, I, I actually really liked Criminal Minds though. That was out of all that because I watched that channel so much while I was down there. Uh, that was I think that was the best one. That stuff bores me. I think my mom used to watch like. I mean, she still does, but I mean, I don't obviously I don't live with her or talk to her, but um, she watches a lot of Law and Order. It's dum dum, like all the time, and she watches it's it, Law and Order is on a million times a day, dude. Because like I'm telling you, like old retired people have to have watched something. That's what they watch, and that's why mom watches. Well, I feel like the original series started like in the early '90s, late '80s, or something, and then they have like three, four different series. So yeah. I'm pretty sure you could just fill an entire channel. You could make a Law and Order channel. Probably, but she watches a lot of that. She used to watch a lot of sitcom. We watched so many sitcoms growing up, like every sitcom. Mr. Belvedere, Growing Pains, <laughs> the fucking nanny, like everything. And now it's all Law and Order all the time. But as for uh, Christmas movies here, uh, yeah, I do. I do like watching Christmas movies. I um, I think I think the I, the the, the uh, this oh, Christmas spirit, if you will, is totally gone. I don't have that anymore. Um, I think I'm just too old. And I've given up on that. And I think just, you know, how, uh, I guess, fractured my family is doesn't really help. You know, there's no, uh, like I said, we're going over tonight, like, hey, Christmas. So, um, yeah, there's no Christmas spirit. But I do like watching the movies. Uh, I watch Home Alone. I do like that one a lot. Uh, Elf. Uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray is one of my favorites. Scrooge is good. Scrooge is really good. Um, I used to watch, I used to love watching, uh, the Nickelodeon specials when I was a kid. I used to love watch like, the Rugrats specials and stuff. Those were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt says, hey guys, what was your college? Yeah, of- how come I didn't get to answer? Because you don't want, I, <laughs> I think you didn't watch them. That's why. No, I mean, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christmas specials. Okay, I watch, okay. But there's, there's nothing I watch every year though. No. I don't think, but yeah, I do. I really like, uh, the first Home Alone. The yeah. second one's all right too. Um, yeah, no, I like a lot of Christmas movies. I like A Christmas Story, too. I mean, that one's, that, you know, in the last, like, was like, five to seven years, that kind of exploded and became, like, everywhere. And was It's it t- weird, because I feel like that movie's really long. 
because <laughs> it's just like always on i think and then like you turn the channel on and you're like on different bits and it just feels yeah like well because there's so much stuff that happens in it because it's it's based on a book but it's based on like i think a bi- biographical uh like sketches from the author's life so it's mm-hmm. the, all these different cobbled together bits into one movie so there's just a lot of different things happening in that movie um so it probably seems longer than it really is but i, I, I like it I'll, I'll admit it i do like that movie I've only sat through and watched it once, but it was good. All right, you done? We good? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to snub you. <laughs> I just think oh, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, but Matt says, hey, guys, what was your college experiences like? Um, and I lived at home and went to community college and worked full-time at McDonald's. So uh, not not that awesome, honestly. Uh, it was pretty normal. It was like high school part two, to be perfectly honest. But I, But I... You know, I had to drive several towns away. That was that yeah. was basically the only difference. And uh, I just went to a community college and worked part time, and you know, had to pay for it myself and everything. Yeah. See, I, you know, I don't think we come from money, so we couldn't like go. Eh, it's the fancy college. I, there was there was none of that. I had to nope. pay for all that shit on my own. Yep. No money. Nothing. So yeah, it was amazing. I even went to college at all, to be perfectly honest. Um, do, what 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 degree do you have, or did you? I I. I I stopped going after like a year or two, mm. a year and a half. Well, did you go to school full time and work part time, or was it both part time? Yeah, no, I went to school full time and, and worked part time. I tried to do full time for both at first. That was a disaster. I tried. Yeah. I worked. I was working. Well, I mean, at McDonald's full time was like thirty two hours. So I was doing like thirty two hours there, and then I was taking four classes. That was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful. Yeah, that was that was terrible. Um. I mean, I liked going. See, here's the thing. Um, growing up, I mean, I was. You know, I'm, I'm going to brag. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really intelligent. Like I'm really smart. And growing up, um, you know, I was when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I was going to like high school. I was taking high school courses and stuff. But there came a point where it kind of like where I kept uh, growing in one field and then I stagnated in another. So like my English, my languages. Um, and like history, I guess too, like I, I excelled in, but fucking like maths and sciences, forget it. I'm dumb as shit. I can't hold numbers in my head for crap. I, I mean, I pull out my calculator for like the simplest things. Like, why do you need a calculator? I'm like, fuck you. It's in my pocket. Who cares? Um, so I got really bad. So like, I didn't take the SATs cause you know, my home life was really bad. Uh, in high school. So instead, uh, because it's a community college, they have like, they can do like an entrance exam, you know, cause they take basically anybody. If you've got money, you're in. Um, I took an entrance exam. It's, it's very similar to the SAT. I got a near perfect score in English. They, they basically wiped all English prerequisites for me. So I could take any English based course that I wanted. Um, but math, I was so bad <laughs> that I had to take what was the equivalent of high school algebra one. It was basically a high school freshman course. That's how dumb I am. Um, and it was no credit too. Like you, this is like, you shouldn't be here. We can't give you a credit for this, but you need to take this so you can take a course so you can get a credit. I'm just so bad in math. I can't do it. Um, so I got to take all these great like English courses that I, you know, would have taken a while to work my way to. I got to, I got to be on the paper. I didn't have to take anything before. I'm like, like what the fuck is this freshman doing here? Hey gosh, what's up? <laughs> Phenomenal, um, and I did. I, man, I love the English course. They're so good at them. I, I loved writing papers for them. I shouldn't say love. That's a stretch. Maybe that's just rose-colored glasses. Because I, I do definitely remember being up like the night before, like fuck this shit. <laughs> but 
you know, but it, I, I did get some enjoyment out of it. But the ma- I dreaded going to like the man. I remember like that that algebra one course I had to take was like and like the tucked in the fucking basement. Like I had to like like uh, like walk past iron bars to go to this fucking class, chained to my desk. That was a nightmare. I hated that. But um, nah, the, the language, the language stuff, English courses, the paper, history. That was all fun. My girlfriend at the time, she went to UConn. Uh, University of Connecticut, so she had a, the proper experience. And I always got jealous. Like I would go up there and visit her, and I would always get jealous that she's like in a dorm and and I lived at home. And she used to make fun of me, like you live at home. I'm like, you live in a dorm you're on pace for. Like, but that's not really much different. She was kind of, she was she was a little bitchy sometimes, but uh, well, a lot of times. Um, but uh, I, I always get jealous of that. I always get jealous of her experience. But yeah, whatever. I, I never cared about any of that. Like, nobody in my family fucking went to college. See, so. see I don't care yeah, about there's that. There's, like, no stories. Yeah. Like, eh. Nobody in my family went to college. My aunt did. One of my aunts did. But that's we're the, we're the only two people to go. Um, yeah, I think in some ways it's actually beneficial because I don't know where I got all the time and the energy I did when I was that age. I fucking did. I was working full-time, going to school part-time. I was taking two courses. And I was always out. I was never home. I never slept. I don't even know how I did. I got did so much shit. I learned how to play bass guitar, and I was, you know, making movies back in an era where you couldn't just shoot it on your iPhone and beam it over to your computer. It was a lot harder than that. I was doing all kinds of crazy shit back then, and we were always out. Um, so I don't know. I, I think actually looking back, I think it was it was better for me to like live at home because I got to hang out with all my friends and do all this fun stuff and. Uh, but back then, definitely, I was like, oh, man, I live at home. <laughs> yeah. it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. That's my college experience, though. Confused. That, that's, that, those are, that's poor people's college experience. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> when you have to work at McDonald's to buy your stupid-ass fucking textbooks. God, the, like, the classes are cheap at community college, but the textbooks are so fucking expensive. Yeah. They, no, they are. They're killing. like, oh, you'll need the CD-ROM, so you better buy it new. And then you buy it new and you never use that stupid fucking... Fuck oh, the you. stupid Spanish classes. Like, yeah, you gotta go buy this most psycho CDs and fucking have to go into the library and go to the, like, top floor of this, like, seven-story library. Like, it's all... It's a fucking dungeon up there. There's, like, one person <laughs> one desk, and it's like, uh, Spanish CDs, please? And they're just, like, sitting at this, like, one desk full of fucking college class CDs. I don't even know what's going on there. My community college had two campuses, both in the same town. One was kind of old. It was basically, it basically like a, like a high school from a John Hughes movie. It was, like, run down, like, from, like, the 80s and shit. I hated, <laughs> I hated going to that campus. And then there was a much newer, modern one, and I tried to make sure like as many of my courses as possible were in that and that and on that campus. I remember I had a, I did a night class that only meant once a week, so it was like three hours fucking long at night uh, at the at the decrepit campus, and it felt like a scene of like a horror movie. I'm like I'm gonna get axed going into this class, but um, then after after I was done, they they decided to consolidate, and they were, they didn't know which site to consolidate. I'm like, how do you not know? The nice one. You consolidate the nice. They didn't. They consolidated at the crappy. Why? I, I do not. I, there might have been more more land. Maybe that might have been it. But that campus was gross. I, I hated it there, man. Uh, yeah, but that's a yeah, that's college life for poor people. Uh, confused Batman says, "Hey guys, who are your favorite giant bomb guys? I like Jeff Gersman and Vinny Caro." Caravella. I also really like Drew Scanlon. I know Gersman, and that's it. I don't know that he's, I don't really 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know Jeff Gershman just from watching some quick looks. He seems like a cool, funny dude. I'm going to go with Gershman then. Yeah, he seems like yeah. an all right guy. That's it, yeah. Let's go with Gershman. Uh, the Stumpnecks say we miss you, Craig. I do not miss the Stumpnecks. Because it's football season, motherfucker. I want to get on that shit. Uh, that's okay. Two-player, uh, the chiptune composer who does uh, the music for the show and for YouTube, who also, you didn't hear it, obviously, Seth, but he did compose a Christmas tune for the show, which the listeners will have heard at the beginning. Nice. Um, he asks, what are your thoughts on the Nintendo Direct? Um, well, we, we shared those. Since I was both excited to see a Wii U Zelda and let down to find out it was basically Dynasty Warriors. I was never, uh, I've never been able to get into those games as they tend... Uh, to dull quickly for me. Very pleased with the NES Remix so far, though. Which games are you most looking forward to on the Wii U in 2014? Um, well, we already discussed, you know, uh, the, the Hyrule Warriors, but I think, like I said, if, that, if they announced that after the, the proper Zelda, I don't think many people would have... I don't think there really would have been as much resistance to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um... What am I looking forward to on the Wii U? You know, I, I Smash and Mario Kart and Donkey Kong Country all seem right up my alley. Um, I really want to check out X. Like, I see these trailers for X, and it looks really, really great. But Xenoblade, man, the interface in Xenoblade made me want to kick puppies. I hated it so much. Uh, yeah. I feel like, uh, seriously, I feel like Monolith Soft just has some things that they're not very good at. And uh, a lot of times, just user interface is one of them. Um, but yeah, d- those three games definitely. What else is like? There's some like Mighty Number no. Nine and Shovel Knight and shit like that. But it's not yeah. Wii U exclusive. That's true. I'll probably get Shovel Knight on 3DS though. Like that's I'd just rather play it on a portable. It seems like a portable kind of game, I guess. It just to me, like that kind of game would just be at home while I'm, you know fucking off on the couch or whatever. Yeah. You could do that on the gamepad. Oh, Bayonetta 2. I'm looking forward to that. Bayonetta 2? I'm actually surprised that we didn't see anything uh, from that on the on the Direct. Because, I mean, like, that game's... They've had playable demos for a while now. They've got to be coming close to, to finishing the game up, right? I hope so. Uh, let's see here. Noah, what are the games you guys are most hyped for in 2014? Mine would be Bravely Default, Lightning Returns... Azrin Legacy, Phoenix Wright Cross Layton, and Kirby Triple Deluxe. Keeping my fingers crossed for a localization of Fantasy Life 2. I guess, I mean, some of those, Bravely Default. Uh, I'm actually interested in Lightning Returns as well. Kirby Triple Deluxe. Some of the Wii U games you just mentioned. I don't know. I don't really plan that far in advance anymore. I just don't. I sound disinterested, but this is because it's like, unless it comes out like next month, I just don't care. Yeah, it's, it's hard to... Uh, I... I... I don't. I don't like getting hyped up for games that are that are so far off. Yeah, same here. Anyway, so you go into GameStop like, hey, you want to reserve this game that doesn't have a release date yet? And it's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, a lot of those games you mentioned, no, definitely looking forward to. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Oligo Ballistic says, I was browsing Amazon the other day, and to my surprise. Uh, GameCube uh, game prices were remarkably higher. You guys often mention how SNES and N64 titles command significant prices, especially if you desire complete in-box copies. Despite the fact it is the Christmas season, Amazon is probably not the greatest place to look for retro games. Here's a rundown as of December 20th for complete listings. 
excuse me. Uh, uh, gotcha Force is 90 bucks. Smash Brothers, Cubivore, Fire, Fire Emblem are 70. Kirby's Air Ride, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker are 50. Double Dash, Four Swords, Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin 2 are 40. Star Fox Assault, Paper Mario, uh, uh, Paper Mario Sunshine, Pikmin, Batten Kaito's Origins are 30. Customer were 25. Those, those, yeah, I mean, I've, I've known about these prices, especially Gotcha Force. I want to play that game. Someone made a video on it on YouTube, and I've been meaning to get around to try that out. And it just keeps going up in value. Yeah. Um, but some of these, I, not, these don't, I don't find these surprising. I, I was pretty, I was pretty well aware that these, that these are at these prices. I mean, Amazon is pretty, I, I actually did do some eBay comparisons uh, to these prices. And Gotcha Force is also just really fucking expensive on eBay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smash, like most, a lot of the others were, like 10 15 bucks cheaper than this on on uh, yeah on ebay but kirby's air ride was was a lot cheaper it was like 20 25 bucks cheaper. yeah i think kirby's air ride cheaper but the, i think i mean even if there's some fluidity in the prices because amazon is a is a bad place that marketplace sucks um it, it is worthwhile to note that some of these games i don't think that they're that expensive because the point behind the n64 and the snes ones we're, we're talking about here is that they've gone up in value uh-huh. whereas on the gamecube um, most of these have held their, they haven't really gone up. They've about, they've about held their value or they, you know, or they've, uh, how do I put this? They've gone down, but it still seems kind of high. Like Star Fox Assault, 30 bucks. That seems, you know, you'd think that'd be like $10 or something now. Yeah. So, I mean, it does have a point where like some of these GameCube games have at least held their value. I'm um, like, I'm surprised Smash Bros is even, even $50 because there's, got to be like millions of those things produced i don't absolutely I, that sold incredibly well it's yeah it's crazy to me that's still so expensive yeah now wind waker i think i've seen that for like 35 yeah uh, on ebay because i remember pricing it because i was talking about you know people were complaining how wind waker hd was 50 dollars, and a, a second hand copy of wind waker is roughly 35 that's about the average i think on ebay is 35 dollars. i'm sitting there thinking like what incentive does nintendo have to price their game anything less than 50 dollars if the used copy of the older version of that game is still going for 35. None. They have zero incentive. Um, but that's, that's, I mean, even, even at 35, rather than he has it for 50 here, but even at 35, that's, you know, it's still, uh, more than half of what it originally retailed for used a decade later. What kind of game is Gotcha Force, by the way? Because, like, just from the name, I was, like, picturing, like, a, like, a beat-em-up. What was that N64 beat-em-up that was, like, Streets of Rage, but... Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But then when I looked at, at the box, it was like some. I think it's like custom. Animation. I think it's like custom Robo. Okay. It's been a while since I just. The funny thing is, I can't remember what it was about. I just remember wanting it when I watched the video about it, and I've been keeping an eye on it. But I'm pretty sure it's a lot like custom Robo. That's my. I'm understanding. not. I'm not big on custom Robo, so. No, I. You know, I'm really. That's one of my favorite games on the DS. I love Custom Robo. I've, I've only played the GameCube version, and I was just not a fan of, of the fights. Oh, uh, okay. See, so if you don't like the fights, then you're not going to like the DS version. But the DS version wraps it in a Pokemon esque RPG. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So uh, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. My, my biggest problem was, like, when you get knocked down on the ground, you're just down there so long. Just sometimes like, they're thinking, yeah. and then I don't know. Mm hmm. I was like, I want to play virtual instead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He goes on to say, obviously, there are plenty more titles, but when considering these prices, they seem prohibitively expensive for many collectors who may not have a huge budget to vote to a single system. 
I'd be remiss to say all GameCube games are expensive. That's true because they're not. But certainly the staple is becoming extremely pricey compared to when I finished off my collection a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, I doubt there is much hope in a reduction in prices as original software and Nintendo systems tend to maintain its price regardless of digital availability or new re- retail release. Example, Wind Waker. And that is true. I guess I don't have any question per se, but rather he spelled per se right. I'm proud of you. But rather, some hopefully interesting information regarding one of my favorite systems. Thanks for reading my wall of text, and thanks for the awesome podcast. Nope, you got it. No, it's always interesting to discuss these sorts of things about collecting. I don't think we talk about collecting uh, so much sometimes. But, yeah, no, the GameCube is definitely, some of the games have definitely held their value. Whereas, it's, it, you look at the Wii, and a lot of those games have tanked in value. Uh-huh. I, I feel like the Wii's right at the uh, stage where, like, you could... There's still like surplus, uh, yeah, or still still games left in stock at stores, Amazon, for example, and they just need to get rid of them, so they're just like super cheap, right? And then, and then like the market was also, I mean, the system had a huge install base, so there were just tons of games uh, secondhand too that you could just find on eBay because people were like, oh, who the fuck plays the Wii anymore? Yeah, just getting rid of those. So I still stand by, you know, my prediction. I'll become a lot like the Saturn. You know, you give it, you give it another ten years or so, and some of these so-called hardcore gamers are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna take a look at, it. they're gonna come back and they're gonna check out that sin and punishment, they're gonna check out Punch Out, uh, because they were too caught up in in this dialogue that the Wii was for babies when it was out, and so that might, I I I feel like the prices are gonna be driven up within ten years, uh-huh. because of that, because it's there's gonna be some renewed interest on some retro level. Uh, Nathan, we got a lot of questions because it's been a couple weeks and it's kind of built up, but I, I like it. I go a little hoarse, but I like it when there's so much feedback. <laughs> uh, Nathan says, Hey, Kraths. That's a dumb hybrid of all your names. There's no Chris because Chris is, of course, at Walt Disney. Dead. World, he would, he oh, would, at- Chris, <laughs> well, he might as well be dead. He's, he bought a fedora. What? Did you see this on Twitter? He bought a Mickey I, Mouse no, fedora. I'm, I'm going to his goddamn. Twitter page right now because I need to see what he's <laughs> doing with his life. Um, but yeah, if Chris isn't at, if Chris is on the podcast, he's either at Pottery Barn or he's at Walt Disney World. That's why that goes. Um, I'm guessing you'll probably talk about it at the end of the podcast, but just in case, I wanted to get uh, some of your thoughts on NES Remix on Wii U. I absolutely love it, aside from the lack of leaderboards. That would have been a good addition. Um, do you think they'll expand on this idea with some additional games or maybe a sequel? I know it's probably too early to tell, but I think it's begging for it. Anyways, guys, happy Crumbus. Crambus. <laughs> happy Crambus to you, too. Um, that's, that might be a reference to something that we're not picking up on. <laughs> probably. Um... What was I going to say? Uh, how, well, how, how old is this picture? Why? Because he looks like he's 12? No, no. I mean, because I can't find it on the timeline. Uh, it's probably on Facebook. Let me find it on Facebook. Is it on I, Facebook? I'm looking at it. I know he's posted on Facebook. It's on both. Okay. But it might be... Oh, there it is. Yeah, you just got to scroll down a little bit. And it looks like Jackie's wearing it. But you might scroll down a little bit further. He's posted so many pictures. Gingerbread houses. There it is. There he is with Jackie wearing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't have to scroll down that far. <laughs> okay. Or you can just look at his photos, actually. He's got his Instagram linked on the left. And you'll see it right there in the in the box. Oh, no. I found it. Okay. <laughs> oh, Christopher. He's All like, right. whatever. <laughs> Zero fucks. Dude does not care. <laughs> Dude does not he, care. He's a, he has a fedora now. He doesn't. He doesn't have to care. 
NES Remix. I, I could I could see Nintendo um, expanding it or doing sequels for it. I hope they do because uh, the selection of games is a little uh, first gen. Yeah, I mean, who cares about Urban Champion? No, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more in a little bit. We'll save it, but I can see them uh, expanding on it for sure. Nah, I hope they. I hope they do. I, well, I hope. So, I hope so too, especially because these games are not like it's fine. Like I get it, but. Uh, these games control like dog shit, so it's really not that. It's it's. I like it. I actually really like the game, and I like the idea. But this is pure NES, and these <laughs> these games control like shit. You're playing like Mario Brothers. That's Super Mario Brothers. Mario yeah, Brothers. Mario like, Brothers. Ice Climber. Ice Climber. Uh, those two games have the like the the fucking the hit, the, the the platform the hit detection on the platforms is like stupid. Like you could clip through like the very edges, but sometimes you clip through go, going down, and then you just like go right. Through. You're like, I'm on the fucking platform, motherfucker. Why am I falling down through it? And you're trying and to I, get good times, and you're trying to get, you can't even jump on the goddamn platform. <laughs> nope. That's nah, a pain in the ass. But leaderboards, I think, would be a great idea. Uh, more like a new, like an NES remix two, or even an SNES remix, I think, would be great. I'm down it, for that. If they, I mean, like a lot of the big part of the NES was a lot of third party games. Like, if, even if they could just get like some Tecmo games in there, like the Ninja Gaidens and stuff, that would be uh, yeah, that would be awesome. That's why they can. I mean, if they really wanted to. I'm sure they could. I mean, they seem to be buddy buddies with Tecmo Koei right now. Get in, yep. get those, get those Tecmo games in there while you can. Get Capcom on it. That would be those. I mean, an NES remix with third party games like Mega Man and stuff, like Capcom games, Tecmo like, games, would be a juggernaut. Really, Konami, Tecmo, Capcom. I think. I think would. Uh, yeah, would be good enough. Yo, that would be terrific. I mean, they probably won't do it. We always come up with better ideas than Nintendo does. <laughs> Like, man, if they had, like, some Contra challenges in there, some Jackal Oh, like, challenges. Jackal? I was just thinking Jackal. I'm just thinking, yeah. like, rescue rescue some of those prisoners of war in a certain amount of time. Man, that'd be fantastic. I'd totally be down for that. Gunsmoke, Ninja Gaiden, that would yeah. all be good. Yeah, because what are these companies? Who, I mean, it's not like Konami's even released, like, Jackal on anything. <laughs> They're not doing anything with Jackals. Just fucking do it. Doing Jack shit. I'll give you five bucks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy says, I'm tempted not to ask this since I know it has a convoluted answer and I see there is already a lot in the mailbag, but I'll leave it here anyway. Feel free to skip if you're short on time or something. Last week, you guys talked a little about Ease Memories of Salsetta. I've never played an Ease game, barely even knew about them until recently, but some promotional art and stuff for this game just completely piqued my interest for some reason. He spelled peaked right. I'm impressed with our listeners today. <laughs> Do we? All right. I, I feel no, 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 no. I'm not saying that our listeners are particularly dumb. I'm just the rest of the internet is. <laughs> Yeah, no, I we're think, like I think per we se a, and peaked and all they, they spell all these things. I, I think we have a very intelligent crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, peaked my interest for some reason. Uh, so my question is, how the heck do I go about getting into this series? You said this is the third attempt at the fourth game or something. Yes, it is. This is this is the this is the third fourth game. Uh, the previous two were on earlier systems. They were not made by the the sort of. Um, uh, the creator of the series, Nihon Falcom. They're created by uh, two other companies. And now Nihon Falcom's like, fuck you guys, we'll make a fourth game. And that's, that's so, tech, this is the ca- the canonical fourth game. Um, and I know there's an E7, so are there seven games? There's probably more than that. I like there's, to... Ev- there's eight. Because uh, there's, there's Origins, which is, you know... Yeah, yeah. I like to eventually play through them all. So what order do I want? What versions do I want, etc.? Again, I know it's a long answer, so feel free to skip. I can ask again later. Oh, and happy Festivus. 
Happy Festivus to you, too. Um, if you ask Seth, he'll tell you to play them all in order. I don't think the stories are that interesting or that connected for that to even really matter. So your best bet is if you have a Vita or a PSP, you can play a bunch of them, right? The, the, there's one and two. There's Oath and Felgana, which is five. Uh, there's no, three. It's three. three. Why do I, I think that was five? It's three. No. So there's the first three games. Um, if you have a Vita, you can play Celsetta. He's asking about Celsetta, so I assume he has a Vita. So there's uh, that's one, two, three, four right there. Um, you can play E7. You can download these from the from the store. Because uh, the, the, um, one and two, seven, and Oath and Felgana are PSP games, but you can download them from the store. Um, so you can play a good chunk of them right there on your Vita for not much money. And um, I don't know about 1 and 2. I'm not too thrilled about that. Open Volcan is great, and Seven's great, but they're great in different ways because they play very differently. I like 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing you need to understand about 1 and 2 is the battle system. You basically walk into enemies. Uh, and hope you and live. That's, that's what no, you do. No. <laughs> you, you you've got to walk into the edge of them. If you walk straight into the middle of them, then you'll both take damage. you got to, like, hit them at the, the edge of them and... Uh, Little Adol will just like swing his sword like crazy, and then they explode into a giant pile of blood. It's <laughs> it's fun. They're they're fun games. So what is yeah. five? Is that arc of the nep? I want to say nepotism, but that's <laughs> it's not clearly like, nepotism. It's not Nopish team or something. I don't I don't even know what that. That word one is. was on PS2, right? Uh, that, was, yeah, that that's six. That's six? Uh, five, five was only released in Japan for both uh, Super Famicom and. Uh, there was a PS2 remake as well, but they were both only released in Japan. Okay. Um, but there is a fan translation of of five of the um, the Famicom version, the Super Famicom version. Uh, that's the only one that has not released in the U.S. at this point. Okay. So, so, so if you want to play them all, all you need is a Vita and a PS2. Then. Um. Yeah. And well, you need uh, if you want to play Origins, which is really good. Uh, it's on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's right. So play one, two, which are always sold together. Uh, either the PSP or the Steam version. They're basically the same thing. Uh, the Oath and Felgana is three. That's on PSP and also on Steam. Four, Solsetta. You already know that one. Five, you're going to have to import that or something. And then six, you could play on PSP or PS2. And then seven is on... Oh, is it uh, on PSP? Yeah, it's on PSP. Like a physical, was it a physical release? It's a physical release, and it was released by Konami. I hear the load times in the PSP version are really bad. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. That's strange. I never knew that existed. Yeah. Uh, and that's the arc, right? That's the arc one. Yeah, that's the arc of Napish Tim. And then, obviously, Seven's on PSP. So, that's all of them. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, uh, I, personally, I, I go for the handheld. I would say play them on handheld. That's me. But, uh, you know, Steam is an option as well. Mm-hmm. Convoluted answer. I hope we answered his question. I think we did. Uh, Africhi says, "Don't know if you get the if you get the question in time." Oh, we got it in time. Um, <laughs> but I have a quick question. What do you guys think of Steam sales? I'm just glad I don't have to pay bills yet. Have <laughs> a good one. <laughs> um, I play big name games on consoles uh, because. You know, there's always going to be an argument that like, PC gaming is better because blah blah blah, but. Here's the thing. I want to sit back on my couch, play my game on my 50-something-inch plasma with a controller in my hand, and then that's it. And they're like, well, you could do that with a PC. And it's like, I guess I could hook up my computer to, to my TV with some finagling. I guess I can get a, you know, put a controller on there. Well, I can't. I know I can't. I have it. But 
I, just to me, I put it in the disc and I play it. Like that's, there's that that's it. That's the end. And okay, it doesn't look as good. It doesn't really bother me. That's it. oh, that, I feel like that's the only drawback is that it doesn't look as good. And they're like, well, what about mods? I don't give a shit about mods. Don't care. So I play basically anything big name on my consoles or handhelds. So when it comes to computer games, I'm playing indie stuff. I'm playing small stuff, generally speaking. And I have a ton of that. I mean, for having a Mac and generally only going for, like, indie games, I mean, my Steam library is, like, 60-something games. It's pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steam sales don't really impact me as much. I'm not getting, like, you know, Just Cause 2 for 3 bucks or whatever. Uh, actually, with this Steam sale... Uh, what did I get? I got a few things. I got, uh, I know I got Papers, Please. Um, oh, is that on sale? Is yep. it still on sale? I need to get it on, on some of these. Yeah, yeah. It was five bucks when I did it. Um, I know I got Papers, Please. I got Duke Nukem 3D, because what the fuck? It was $3. Uh, I got Rogue Legacy, which looks like it'll kick my ass. Um, that was seven fifty. And then I got this game called Savant Ascent. Like, Savant Dash Ascent. And it's just, I don't know. It was like, I don't know why I saw this game. It looked really interesting. It, 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 it looks very brief. I haven't played it yet. It looks very brief. looks short. It looks like a shooter, basically. And you're it, it, it's called Ascent. You're on, there's two different elevators, like, um, going up like a castle, almost. And you jump back and forth between the two elevators, shooting at things that are attacking you. So it's like this really, like, obviously, a very light platforming, because it's only the two elevators, but, it, you know, ver- movement and, and, and shooting, it looked very interesting. Um, and right now it's on sale for 99 cents. So I grabbed Thanks. that. So just the four games, spent about $16, $17. It was, it, was like, it was like 700 megs. I'm like, I could fit all these games and just bought on, on a CD-ROM. <laughs> Sounds like a Neo Geo box, 700 megs. <laughs> I think they called it Mega. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, so I, I like Steam sales. I get a lot of my games through the Humble Bundles, uh, but they don't impact me as much because I just don't play big name games on the computer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just have a laptop. It's comp, like it could, it could play Portal 2 on not the highest settings, but like just below that. And, but Portal 2 is not like a very, you know, uh, graphically demanding game. It's still running on, a. why can I think of their engine source, source. engine? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a source engine game, so it's not it's not demanding too much. Uh, so I mean, it's it's okay, but I mean, it, really, it's I think it's still like less uh, graphic. It, it, it could handle graphics less than my PS3 and 360. Like I think those those could uh, handle games better. So yeah, I buy all the big name games on on the consoles, and I just have a bunch of indie games. And I don't really I don't really buy a lot of of games during Steam sales no. at all. Like there will be like maybe one or two. Um, games that I'll buy on sale a year. Like, a lot of times if there's a game on Steam I want, it's usually, because, I mean, they're usually indie games, and they're usually not expensive anyway, so I'll just buy them up whenever I want them. That's um, but, how I do it, too, yeah. But, yeah, most of, most of my sales come from hum, Humble Bundles, so that's where I get most of my stuff. Humble Bundles are the best. They're pretty awesome. I mean, they even have the Humble Store now where they have, like, stuff on sale yeah. sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. The, the humble thing experience as a whole is really, really cool. It's good. Um, mm-hmm. Confused Batman. He's, he, he, he's, it's always spelled the same way, but it's stylized different ways. I wonder why he does that. I got to differentiate myself. He's uh, confusing you. <laughs> yeah. 
It's working. Um, he says, uh, I've noticed a pattern. That pattern being that every other year it alternates between being awesome and shitty. And 2013 was definitely one of the shitty ones. There's another person that's, that's not. Yeah, see? Not, yeah, wow. I guess 2013 was pretty bad. Including moving into a crappy apartment, my ceiling fan falling out of my fucking ceiling, a lot of seclusion anxiety filled trips to my grandmother's, dealing with a family detaching, and several cherry Kool-Aid incidents. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but you guys have always been around in some kind of capacity to listen to. Even in fall of 2012, when it felt like uh, the something good was coming to an end with the fall storm of video games that year, Halo 4, the Wii U, and a lot of other stuff. And here we are now, a year later, and uh, the tail end of 2013, leaving me with a feeling like uh, there's just this zine of things beginning in 2014. I, have, I, I read those words aloud, but I'm not sure what it all said. <laughs> Uh, so thanks. The podcast cheered me up on a multitude of occasions while I was faced with these problems, like trying to not go insane at my super right-winged Christian grandmother's house or cleaning cherry Kool-Aid off of the carpet. There you go. That explains the cherry Kool-Aid. I was just spilling it, yeah. And hopefully in 2014 I can go back to sitting up later than I should have listened to the podcast. I hope you can too. I'm, I'm hoping for a better 2014 myself. Thanks for getting me more in uh, – getting me into more niche games be, be, before. I almost didn't know what my taste in games was, but now I know that it's quirky Japanese shit and puzzle games. I'm glad we could do that for you. It's always about going outside of your comfort zone in my opinion. Um, and for better or worse, you were probably more influential to a dumb 12-year-old who likes games than you should have. Uh, sorry if this is super weird. Just felt a bit reflective, and the podcast has, has been a sizable part of my life for a while now. I'm, I'm glad we could do that for you. I'm glad we were there for you when things were rough, and I'm glad we were able to um, you know, help you get into uh, games that uh, you didn't think you would enjoy. I think that's really cool that we could do that for you. Man, I really, really like that post. Yeah, me too. I, you know, the, the big chunk of that middle there was a run-on sentence. I had no idea what was going on. But the message, the message, yeah, I like that too. It, it makes me feel good about, you know, waking up when I hate to and going, <laughs> ah, fucking, or coming home after work when I'm tired from working all day and doing this stupid podcast. The thing is, it's, it's always tough. We do the mailbag and people tweet at us, but sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that people are listening. And, if, and quite a few of them. I mean, this is, you know, the listenership is probably about, you know, 500 some odd people an episode, which isn't a ton, but that's more people than I thought would listen to us ramble for a couple hours. And, it, and it's easy to forget that because we sit here and we shoot the shit. I mean, that's what happened last episode. And I felt kind of bad about all the dick jokes and all that. And because, because it, you know, we I forget it's just, it's just us hanging out and we have such a good rapport with each other that, you know, I forget that there is an audience. Sometimes I just think that like, I'm just, just here to talk with you guys, you know? And that's yeah. why sometimes it can feel like a, a, a chore, because it's like, ugh, fuck those two. I don't want to talk to them today. <laughs> but really, you know, there's an audience, and, and, you know, and if we can have this impact on people, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's it for the mailbag. Again, net. if you want to get involved, come one, come all. We appreciate new people. And old people, of course. Um, uh, nope, before you continue. Yeah? Uh, Santa, Santa Nate, one of our one of our listeners has, has some giveaways for our audience. Oh, um, it's uh, I think a couple Steam giveaways. The first one is um, uh, goddamn Retro City Rampage for Steam, which is uh, I think Windows only. So I'm going to read off that code right now. It's M Y F F H E Z T three I 
N-Z-L-T-N, as in Nancy. And that's uh, that's Retro City Rampage on Steam. And then there's another game that he has to give away as well, but that one is a you got to redeem it on on Steam uh, through through the humble store. So I'm gonna have to post a link uh, within this uh, within this podcast. And I can't even think of what the game is anymore because he sent me this link so goddamn long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely a game. Hold on. Oh God. Oh God. I guess we could just continue. Whatever. There'll be another free game giveaway in in, in the link for this at, at tvandlos.net on the episode 130, whatever Five. this is. Podcast. 135 is so haphazard giveaway. 135, there'll be a giveaway in there first come, first serve. Yep. That's a mystery game. We don't know what it is. It's a mystery game. <laughs> All right. But super thanks to Nate for uh, giving those games out. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so that's it for the mailbag, tvandlos.net. Uh, let's talk about some games I've been playing lately. Uh, I have a few here. I played the demo for Eternal Blade on 3DS. For what? Eternal Blade. Eternal? It's, it's it's got this it's it's got the weird like A E kind of spelling for like Eon or Okay. So it's like A Eternal Blade is what it looks like. I mean, stylistically it looks nicer to have that A there, I think, but it just seems weird Eternal Blade. Okay, yeah, I found it. Eternal Blade looks looks and plays it it if someone said this was a PS2 game from like 2004, I would have believed them. It's it's ripped right from the PS2, man. The graphics, the sound, the animation, the gameplay, the controls, everything feels like a fucking like I don't know, midlife PS2 game, so maybe 2003 or something. 2003, 2004. Exactly like it. Um the combat is boring. Like everything about this game is boring actually. I'm not <laughs> I was actually looking forward to it because it seemed kind of ambitious for an eShop title. Because, um, you know, sometimes you get eShop titles that are converted from retail games, and you can call those ambitions, but they were meant to be a retail game. That's not that ambitious. So, like, to have a game like this that seems like it could have been a retail game, but it's not, uh, seemed kind of interesting to me. It's a 2D side-scroller. You get abilities, and it has sort of a Metroidvania kind of thing going on for it. The graphics are ugly. The, I posted this Vine of, like, this enemy that was just constantly running into a wall. He had this goofy animation where he's, like, kind of scurrying into this wall, like, really hurriedly. And because he just... It was on a ledge. I was standing on a ledge that was about as high as the enemy. And he just had his dumb face running into the wall rather than jumping up. Like, so there's, like, no AI for, like, the enemy to jump and come at me. He just kept running into the wall. Ah. And you think, like, oh, that's not that terrible, Craig. But, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, it's a PS2 game from, like, 2003, 2004. And, um, I mean, just the combat's really boring. I almost never took damage. There's just, you, you have, like, this huge list of different moves you can do. It doesn't matter. Just butt mash. They all die. It doesn't matter. You ain't got to do anything. Um, the stories and the art is just really trite. I was just kind of disappointed. I thought it'd be really kind of cool. But, um, it's, it's like someone started making this game in 2004 and they've just locked themselves in a room and then they kind of looked up and they, <laughs> the whole world went by. And I've never even heard of this game, so it's just really weird to me that it exists. Yeah, no, demo on eShop. Check it out. I mean, it's worth checking it out. Go for it. But it's like I said, like um, you'll find it's so uncanny how it's exactly like a PS2 game from that era. No joke. Everything. There's nothing modern about it whatsoever. And like that could be fine. Like if if it was a 2003 game, like I could be lenient on that. I'd be like, okay, well, this game came out you know 10 years ago. Big deal. 
Um, but it's coming out now. <laughs> That's the thing. So you don't get as much leniency from me. And it's just not, and just on top of that, it's just not funny. So, but uh, I was a little disappointed because I, I wanted to say that um, I was looking forward to it, but I was interested in it at least. And it's just, uh-huh. it's just not great. Um, I've been playing uh, pretty much all of the M2 uh, Sega 3D games on the eShop. These are fucking fantastic. These are great. Even Echo the Dolphin I can play. <laughs> Did you try out Super Dolphin mode? I tried out Super Dolphin mode. This is These games, you can read about, they have these interviews with uh, M2. Sega has these interviews with M2 about, um, you know, all the effort, all the consideration that went into uh, which games they're going to pick and how to make them, you know, into 3D. They have so many different options. Like, you, they, of course, they have restore points. They have um, control options. Uh, some of them have different, like, screen options. So you're playing, like, uh, like super, was it hang on? And you can play it with the control uh, pad, but then you can also uh, play it with gyro controls because super hang on in the arcades was you, you were on a big stupid bike and you leaned left to right. So they have those controls in there if you want to do that. And some of the games have um, options that weren't in the original games that you can toggle on or off. So like in Sonic the Hedgehog, he has the spin dash attack, which he did not have in the first Sonic. Um, Echo the Dolphin has Super Dolphin mode where you don't need to breathe and you're invincible. Uh, and that ga- and that game and that to me makes the game more playable because that game is confusing as shit. Trying to solve all these puzzles with these <laughs> stupid glyphs and make your way through these underwater caves is confusing as hell. And not having to worry about like looking for air or whatever, some jellyfish like thingy, pushing fucking rocks around. <laughs> rock goes off screen like a millimeter, and then it's like backwards starting like fuck yeah and then now you need air to you know now. yeah and then yeah then you're drowning yeah so i was not a huge fan of echo the dolphin as you can tell but now that i don't have to worry about that shit it's actually enjoyable it's a really nice looking game and you're uh, gonna get you could actually find the weird part where it turns out the game's about aliens and shit well you kind of know that right away I mean, all the like all the dolphins disappear they don't disappear like, they get sucked into the sky yeah but why you wouldn't. I, I don't think like the first like thought is like, "Whoa, this dolphin's one in the sky, aliens." <laughs> I guess, well, I guess, well, I guess it's aliens. Aliens. but it's clearly not a conventional no, answer. No. But um, I, th- I think like, especially most kids who played it probably haven't gotten past the first like couple levels. So no, it's like, because it's annoying as about? shit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but I've been playing a bunch, of, and they're all terrific. I have them all. I bought them all, and it's amazing what Sega is able to do to these games. Uh, they're, they play great. They look great. Uh, they have enhanced options from their, you know, that weren't in their original incarnations for six bucks. And Nintendo's like, here's Urban Champion again for five dollars, and nobody wants to do that. It blows my mind. Um, so they're they're terrific. Uh, Galaxy Force Two looks great. I'm terrible at that game. Um, I think Galaxy Force Two is actually like a like a the arcade version, and not you know the Genesis version or any. Yeah, you and can so actually. Like comparing it. Yep, you can actually comparing it to. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you can actually uh, change the screen so you have like this surround, like arcade uh, screen surrounding this arcade look to it. Nice. I, I think it's actually like the PS2 version of that's upgraded from the arcade version too. So I think it's even you know better than the arcade version. Yeah, I mean all this stuff is in the interviews they've done, which are really fascinating for like these you wouldn't think yeah. reading an interview about how they converted Galaxy Force 2 would be interesting, but it totally is. I mean just I just reading the Echo Dolphin, Echo the Dolphin interview was interesting because 
uh, they were talking about like they got you know the guy uh, one of the dudes from Sega who was localizing to Japanese because it was made by um, I don't know, some European company and he was like talking about how like they were like bragging about the game to like even their coworkers were like we didn't make this game but we're like oh yeah we got we got the dolphin game over here that just looks amazing and stuff like that to to just other people within the company in the Japanese branch. So, <laughs> But no, I, I I wholeheartedly recommend checking out these games. I mean, Streets of Rage is great. Um, Shinobi Three. I mean, these are all they look great. They play great. Not totally recommended. I would love to see more. I uh, think there. I, I think there are more, right? Like uh, at least there, there are. There, yeah, in Japan. There's eight of them right now for about six bucks a pop, and I bought them all. Um, and, and I think in Japan they are. They're doing a second series. And I guess did Sega say like based on sales they'll bring it here or something like that? So uh, I'm not the sort of person that says go out and buy this thing. So hopefully we can get some other thing. But consider you know take a look at some of these games. They're they're pretty fun and I and I hope people are checking them out because a lot of effort went into them and it it shows it shows. And the price yeah, is reasonable too. And the shitty part, I went I went to look at uh you know you could view videos of the of the games within the eShop. The yeah. videos didn't seem to be three D. The videos aren't three so. D, which is the stupidest thing. The I, the thing is though the three three D video, um like pre rendered video, is you can't control the three D level. Like yeah. I, I usually find that not helpful anyway. It looks like garbage. Like even if it wasn't three D, it's compressed and it's a fixed three D point, so it it wouldn't even look like what the game looks like anyway. So, I mean, maybe they should have done it. I don't deny that, but I just don't think it would be that helpful to see that crappy video in 3D. I think when it's like, call whatever, I got the Dolphin 3D, you want to see a 3D video of it at least, but... Yeah. No, I hear you. No, you're right. You do have a point. Um, did you buy any of these? I have not yet. I, oh, I, wow. That surprises me. I thought, I thought no, you No, I'm definitely... I'm, I'm planning to. I'm planning to. No, they, they wholeheartedly get thumbs up for me. I think they're, I think they're great. I really like them. Um, I played Terraria, which was released on, on Vita and Terraria has generally been called like a 2d Minecraft, which is fairly accurate in my, with my limited time on, I probably, by this point, I probably played more Terraria than I ever did Minecraft. Um, but yeah, it's like a 2d Minecraft. You, you, you cut down trees and you use a pickaxe on the ground to get different, you know, ore and stuff and you build things, you build structures so you can hide at night from all the fucking monsters and you can make better equipment to attack stuff. And, um, it's sort of relaxing. It's kind of nice to play on a handheld. Uh, it, the controls are a little convoluted cause they are kind of designed for a computer, but I've gotten used to them. I, I don't think they're so bad. But uh, I kind of like it. It's kind of relaxing to play. I, I, I'm never. I'm not going to see it through because I mean, these games, Minecraft, Terraria, they have way more complex systems than I think some of the more casual players realize. There's some crazy shit in these games, and I'm never going to see none of this shit. I just kind of like goof off and build houses and see how far I can dig. I'm not doing anything important, but I like it. You got to at least fight a couple bosses, Greg. There are bosses in this game. Yeah, I'm there not- are bosses. I, I, I played this game. Probably over a year ago. Yeah, it's it's quite old because it was yeah. really so PC. And and I'm being told like, dude, you're so behind. You got to play Starbound now. And Starbound is a not too dissimilar game that's on early access on Steam and it's available for Mac. I was tempted. It's fifteen. But I, I just paying for like an early access game. Like I'm paying for beta access. I don't know if I really like that idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind like when they give you. Like beta, I mean, I, honestly, it's a fine option. You still get the full game once it's released. That's true. So, so I think it's, I think it's all right. But yeah. it's not something I'm really interested in playing. Because um, I, I feel like 
once I'm like playing it and when it's in its beta stage and then to replay it again when it's finished, it just seems like it's overkill or something. Maybe. Uh, but I mean, Starbound has my interest, but I don't know. Um, but Terraria, yeah, pretty nice. Plays fairly well on the Vita. Not having any experience with the PC version, to be fair. I can't really compare them, but I think it plays well enough on the Vita. With some finagling, like every button does. It's, it can be tough, trust me, but <laughs> uh, I got it down. Um, I played the Saints Row 4 DLC, How the Saints Save Christmas. Awesome. Loved it. That Saints Row 4 is so good. That DLC was so good. Um, it's all Christmas theme. It's goofy. Some of it's like, it's sort of like almost like, you know, the scary movie kind of like cheap references, but sometimes the references have meaning. So like, uh, there's an evil Santa Claus, there's a good Santa Claus, and you have to save the North Pole from the evil Santa Claus with the help of the good Santa Claus. The evil Santa Claus shot my eye out, and but it actually made half the screen go dark. So it actually did something. So That's kind of awesome. Right? You get the dubstep gun gets an upgrade, so now you shoot, like, dubstep, like, fucking Christmas carols. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of... You get to fly the sleigh, and you get to... And the flying vehicles in Saints Row are awkward as hell to control. But you get to fly the sleigh, and you shoot presents out of a cannon to the House of Good Children, and you shoot flaming coal at the House of Naughty Children. <laughs> And it gets all-inclusive. You get to light the menorah. You get to light the weird Kwanzaa thing. And um, there's even a, you know, there's even a Festivus reference, you know? It's it's goofy, and it's a lot of fun. I, I There's evil gingerbread men to kill. And, uh, no, nah, I, I liked it. It was, like, $7. I like that kind of DLC. I like DLC that's reasonably priced and adds a little more, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a single player. So it adds a little more single player content to a game I enjoy. So, nah, I really dug that. That was really cool. Sounds awesome. <laughs> like my player character is like they're all they're all decorating the spaceship for Christmas in the in the beginning and you know your 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 character is kind of grouchy about it all <laughs> like and just well, I play as a female I play as a woman so she's like this is when she's like fuck Santa <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever <laughs> just a delivery fuck Santa <laughs> and then at the end she comes around and loves Christmas right at the end she comes around you know. Of that's course. Awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's really, I like that. I the, like that idea. But when I went to the North Pole, uh, some of the elves, there's different elf factions. There's some that side with Evil Santa, and there's a resistance that was still loyal to the Good Santa. And then they start, they come running after me, and they're like, they're like, you know, they're like, they look like humans. And Santa's like, oh no, like Evil Santa has turned them giant. And like, your character's like, uh, they look like normal people to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, it was good. It was totally, I love Saint Row 4. So good. So good. And that was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, I also played, believe it or get this, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it, I played Battlefield 4. What? Yeah, right? Craig, did you go over to the Stumpneck's house? No. A uh, friend sent me a GameStop gift card, and I was looking around, and I, I, I thought, what the hell, I'll give this a shot. Um... I buy my games. When I want to play a game, I base it on interest. At this point, I just, I, I, I guess I felt, you know, a pang of interest in Battlefield 4. I am, the only Battlefield game I've ever played is the first one, 1942. And that was a long time ago. Um, so I haven't played any since then. And to be fair, I haven't even played any Call of Duty games since Modern Warfare 2. But I'm done with Call of Duty. Like, my interest, there, there was no interest in that. Um, 
Because, number one, I can't get behind the, the real-world war shit. And uh, Battlefield has that against it, too. I'm not into this. It seems a little more... It doesn't seem as hoorah in Battlefield, I don't think, as Call of Duty does. So it's a little easier to swallow, but still, it's just not for me. Um, Call of Duty single-player campaigns are just big and dumb and boring. They're just big, dumb, and boring. I can't put it any other way. I know people enjoy them. They're just stupid. They're bad. Um, the multiplayer, though, I know a lot of people enjoy it, but I can't get into the multiplayer because it's totally punitive to new newcomers. Um, you know, people have been playing it for a while. Like, the game tries to structure it, like... You know, oh, if you do well or you play it a lot, we'll reward you. But the but the, the the contrast to that is like, oh, if you're new, you're fucked, and that's you have no guns, you got no perks. You know, kill streaks. What's a kill streak? You ain't, you're gonna die. You're not gonna streak nothing. So play for a while, Craig, and level up those bars. Right. The beginning is just grinding as shit because you have nothing, and so when you're so. When you have nothing and you get put into a game, let's say you get put into a game where like the side that you're on is already losing, forget it, you're done. Because the other side is winning, so they get rewarded. They get their care packages, they get their kill streaks, they're dropping bombs on you from the sky, and they got all these crazy perks. You're not coming back. You have nothing. Your team's already losing. And because they're being rewarded for doing well, they're just going to continue to crush you. I don't like that. I didn't. I, I don't like that multiplayer. Um... But what attracted me to Battlefield, well, first of all, I wanted to give it a shot. And I thought, well, i got to give a card. I'll give it a shot. People seem to enjoy it. Um, our friend Jim, who works at Harmonix, he seems to be in Battlefield. He's got good taste in games. So I figured, what the hell? But the multiplayer seemed interesting to me because it's class-based. Um, I guess maybe like Team Fortress 2, I guess you can compare it to. Where I don't, I don't need to be going around bro-dude and shooting bro-dudes in the bro-dude face. You know, I can be a medic. I can do something and earn points. You know, I can I can contribute in other ways um, and, you know, still do well. And I kind of liked that idea. Um, but I haven't played multiplayer yet. I haven't had, I have the game for very long and I haven't had a lot of time. I did play, I've played maybe a couple hours of the single player. Very Call of Duty-ish. Um, it is. There aren't, there aren't too many huge differences this guy is yelling at you that guy has a dot on him so follow him go shoot this thing there's an explosion whatever um very very similar but there are a few subtle differences that uh, where i've actually enjoyed this game more um the first one is that so far i have not come across any monster closets uh call of duty is call of duty is famous for that where you have to force you where you can't kill everyone you have to force your way through and that just feels like i don't like that it's trial and error i don't like that it sucks um, there might be areas with a lot of enemies, but it seems so far my experience in Battlefield 4, um, there's a, there's a finite amount. I like that. The level design seems to be more communicative. So you have some open areas, and sometimes there's confusion. Not to say that every time you'll know exactly where to go and what to do, there's going to be some confusion. Who's shooting at me? Where's that? Where am I going? But there are subtle things to, where they use, uh, you know, your, uh, the, like, level geometry, uh, lighting, uh, coloring or even activity like one of the one of the best examples is um was it the third or second mission i don't know it starts out you're on a like a like a naval aircraft carrier you're on a bull, giant boat or whatever and you're going through and it's it's on your side you're not shooting anyone but you're kind of going through and uh, it's like uh, it's almost like a, a guided tour really that you get to control uh so you're walking through the boat but it has all these different hallways and doors and you could get lost, but if you start paying attention, like, I started noticing how the game was tugging me in the direction by using lighting, and I would walk down a hallway, and I would see some dudes 
walk in a certain direction. The game was using, you know, NPCs and lighting and different things to guide me the right way to go without sacrificing, you know, a realistic look of a boat. I mean, a boat isn't just going to be one single straight hallway, of course. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, and I, I thought it was even more interesting that I picked up on it, that the game was actually doing that. Um, there's another level where I had to fight a tank. It was pretty early on. Of course, of course, all these games have to have you. Like, you were like one dude and you have to take down an entire tank. They always do this shit. Um, and I had to take down this tank and I had to, like, secure explosives from different buildings. And I knew right away where to go. And I was thinking, like, why did I know that? Like, why did I know I had to go into this building? Because a lot of these levels are just, they're, they're kind of open. It's, they're not hallways. And I just thought it was kind of interesting how the game how it uses visual cues in different ways to guide you where to go. And I thought that was kind of cool. Because Call of Duty don't do that. I get lost all the time in Call of Duty. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. The shit's exploding. And you just follow the dot. That's what you do. This guy's got a dot on him. says follow. That's what I do. Um, if, if it was Metal Gear Solid, Colonel Campbell would call you and talk to you for five minutes telling you that that is a tank that's shooting you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and then <laughs> to use grenades or something. So I'm really impressed that there's no monster closet so far. I mean, there could be. And there could have been in Monster Closet in Battlefield 3 and maybe Battlefield 4 they finally just did away. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I have no experience with this series. And I don't need to directly compare it to Call of Duty. I mean, someone could definitely enjoy both of them if they wanted to. But, I mean, I, this is just what I have experience with. And just so far, it's, it's still not necessarily for me. It's still kind of big and dumb and very military. I can't tell none of the difference between these military guns. they got all these different assault rifles and they're just, they're identified by like, letter, like serial numbers. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about this. I don't know what these things are. Why can't I play, like, Halo or something? Shotgun. That's what it is. It is the shotgun. And there's, like, 20 of them in Call of Duty. I don't know what the fuck these things all do. Um, so I can't get it. I'm like, this is... They all look the same to me, man. I don't know. Like, you got a weapon stash. And you can pick... I don't know. Whichever... Whatever. Whatever. Just give it to me. I don't care. Because none of it matters. Um, so... And I'm hoping that Battlefield 4, because it's class-based... And everyone has a purpose. There's more teamwork involved. Maybe this is free-for-all. I don't really know. I haven't really played it. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that the community isn't full of assholes. Because that was, that was one thing with Call of Duty. Like, you go online, and I don't want to generalize the entire Call of Duty audience because there's, like, millions of people who play it. So, obviously, there's a wide array of people. But I feel like the sort of people that play Call of Duty are the sort of people that complain, some of them anyway, complain that casual games are ruining video games. I mean, that's not an uncommon argument. I'm sure we've all heard it. But these are the, but some of them are also the sort of people that get mad at you because you're learning the game and you're not doing so well. Like, fuck you, noob. Which is it? You can't get mad that people are playing college casual games and then get mad that they're trying to learn your game, asshole. It's very off-putting. I don't know what the fuck all these guns do. You got What's a perk? I don't know. What's a, I don't know, man. What's a prestige? Get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to give Battlefield 4 a try. And, you know, it's it's... Maybe because I'm not playing these games every year, uh, and maybe because these these subtle tweaks I've noticed, at least since Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern, ugh, Modern Warfare 2, because I haven't played one since then, um, and, but, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying Battlefield 4 so far, um, the single player at least. I, I It's not something I would play every year or all the time, but I'm, I'm glad I picked it up, actually. All right. As long as, you're, as long as you're happy, Craig. <laughs> I, I am happy. I'm happy with the decision. Um, and finally, also, I played NES remakes on the Wii U. And I've seen, man, the, the, the opinions on this, there's no I've I'm not running anybody say, like, yeah, it's okay. I've seen either people fucking love it or they fucking hate it. 
<laughs> and I can, I, and the thing is, I can understand why people hate it. I really can, even though I love it. I think it's great. So if you're not familiar with NES Remix, if you didn't catch the Nintendo Direct or hear about it, it's a downloadable game on the eShop, 15 bucks. Indie Zero actually developed it, which is kind of cool. And it's like WarioWare, um, where you have all these classic NES games and you have to do very basic kind of goals in them. And you do them with a certain time limit. So, like in like Mario, you'll get a, one of these early Super Mario Brothers levels. You get you'll have a star, and you'll have to kill what is it, twenty enemies or something like that. And you get ranked three stars based on you know how long you took. Um, so it's a really cool idea, like really rapid fire classic NES games, and you can work to improve your scores. Shame there's no leaderboards, as has been pointed out. Uh, but I really like the concept. That, but some of the games are just fucking frustrating as hell to play because they're old. I mean, even Super Mario Brothers, which plays, which has surprisingly great controls for the era it came out in, still feels sluggish and dated when you're trying to jump around as Mario. Man, I feel like there's a tiny bit of input lag on Super Mario Bros. I like, think so, too. I think it's actually not as good even as, you know, if you're playing the actual game. Because I've played, just even recently I've played, I played Mario Bros. on my, or Super Mario Bros. on my NES, and I'm pretty sure the controls are... A little more responsive in the in the original just, game, like a tad, yeah, just just a tad more responsive, like just a tad, but it's enough yeah. to like throw you off. Or like, if you're trying to make a jump right at the edge of something, yep. then you'll jump too late. Exactly, that that's the problem I've been having. Because I mean, honestly, like like I said, I think the Super Mario Brothers controls are great considering it came out what like '85 or whatever originally. Mm-hmm. Most games in '85 controlled like shit, um, especially on consoles. So, I gotta give it a lot of credit. But time has moved on. It doesn't... I don't feel like it controls as well as it yeah. might have. Especially if you're just coming off a, a newer Mario game where you have a, more control in the air uh, over your jumps. Exactly. That's a big one. Exactly. That's a big one. Um, but if you've played Super Mario Bros. a lot like we have, you you will notice that the NES remix, it does control slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but then you have games that are just out and out bad, like Mario Brothers. That's why we're making the distinction here between Super Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers, because Mario Brothers is on it as well. Uh, Mario Brothers and Ice Climber in particular control like dog shit. They are so bad. They are finicky motherfuckers that, is, yeah, it's annoying. You you have to learn the controls, and they're not natural. It's not like, you gotta like learn the little rules, like, oh, I could clip right through the edge of this platform for some reason, then I could get up on it. But and, or like I have to be like running th- at least three steps before I can make like a jump that'll go horizontal enough to land someplace. Yeah, you can't control it's, it in the air. Forget it. You can't. You no. can't course correct. Nah, it's a pain in the ass. They, they're yeah, they're not fun. They're not. And of course, people say like, oh, that's how it was back then. You're right, but that doesn't make it any more fun. I, 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 those were not my favorite NES. No, games. no. I, don't, I don't even know anybody who really owned those. Actually. Yeah. I don't think anyone gave a shit about Ice Climber until, was it, Nana and Popo were in Smash Bros. No one cared. No one cared before that, I don't think. Um, but overall, I really like the package. It's great to just sit there and kind of hammer out a few, you know, three-star courses and, you know, go back to watching TV or making dinner or whatever you're doing. It's actually kind of fun to play in a little bit. That's like, I kind of wish it was actually on the 3DS, to be perfectly honest, but got to get some sales on the Wii U, I suppose. Um, but no, I really like it, and I hope it's expanded. I hope there are more and uh, if I'm being frank, better games uh, and future and future sequels. But uh, I'd totally be down for more. I, I really like it a lot. I, I feel like uh, Nintendo. I mean, these are all all the games in this are really early 
uh, generation games for NES, and I, I feel like Nintendo left a lot of the later ones open for for sequels. I think that's what it is. I think they might be like, I mean, if you're trying to look at Nintendo's mentality here, they're probably like leaving it open for a sequel, and they're probably looking to do these things more sequentially or generational within that that platform. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might see... Uh, Oh, man, I'm having trouble remembering Nintendo's games for that. So, I yep. mean, like, Kirby's Adventure, I mean, that was a very late NES yeah. game. I, I mean, I think, like, middle, I, you'll probably have, like, some Punch-Out, some Kid Icarus and Metroid or something. Yeah. Well, weren't Metroid and Kid Icarus also kind of early? I feel like they were early, but, I mean, for the U.S. anyway, I, they might be going off Japanese releases, which might have been later. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the... Um, NES or Famicom anyway came out like an 83 in Japan or something yeah so, so maybe like Star Tropics yeah is another one um, I, will they have Star Tropics because it's Japanese developed right do they even know what that is over there like oh, Star Tropics yeah it was Japanese developed but it was released for a western audience I don't know be kind of cool be kind of kitschy for them for the Japanese like sometimes we get that kind of stuff here like in like Smash Brothers like Japanese only stuff yeah and it seems you know for us it's kind of kitschy so maybe it'll be the same way for them. I don't know. But that's just a suggestion, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely going to be Zelda 2 and stuff like that. Mario Bros. 2, Super Mario Bros. 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's plenty. There's tons of games that they could use. And even an SNES remix, I think would be great. A GB, a Game Boy remix would be cool. Put that on the 3DS instead. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. I kind of, I, I like the concept. And I, and I under, like I said, I understand why people are hating it because there's... There's room for improvement. I mean, number one, like I said, like we like we're saying, like these games aren't some of them aren't the best, and the control they're frustrating. There's no leaderboards that would have been great. So I, I get it. I get why people don't like it. Um, but there's, I think there's definitely a capacity to improve and expand the idea. I think it's a solid idea, if nothing else. And sequels could definitely smooth over some of these rough spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like fifteen dollars is too expensive too. I was thinking that as well. I saw fifteen dollars. Ooh, that's a spicy meatball. Um, I mean, I love. I, I think that's a really damn fun game. Like, I'm fucking addicted to this game. It's ridiculous. I, I stayed up way too night or too late uh, two nights in a row just playing this game because I'm, I'm addicted to getting the rainbow stars. I need to. How do you get the rainbow stars? I got I got like one set. That's it. I have no idea what I did to get those. <laughs> you just got to be really really fast, Craig. Okay, so it's like so like there's like three there's. Technically, four ranks. There's, There's one, two, ranks. three stars, and then three stars and that are rainbowed. Yep. Gotcha. I I have I I've been I have like the first six NES games completely rainbow stars. Wow, that's impressive. That's I, I get I, like even though there's no leaderboards, there are Meverse posts that go up like on the that's side of the true. stages, and what you know, it's not it's not even a good substitute, but it it does show uh, whoever's post is randomly chosen there. It does show their time and how many stars they got. Oh, that's so kind of cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So you could get an idea. Like if you see they have rainbow stars um, by their name, you could look at their time and get a general idea of how fast you need to go for the rainbow stars. Actually, one of my posts was chosen on one of the stages. I was like going through and I saw one of my own next that's cool. to, uh, I was like, Hey, that's me. But, um, on yeah, the subject no. of Meverse, before before I, I don't mean to cut you off, but on the subject yeah. of Meverse, like this game has really like ignited like my imagination to like do doodles for Meverse. Like some of these stages are like really interesting, and it's been really fun like doing drawings for some of the some of the stages. I yeah, the, the I, one that uh, and that that got popped up was on one of the Mario Bros. stages where you have to like collect all the coins within a time limit. 
and I actually like mapped out like the fastest route on in my Meverse drawing on how to get all the coins. So was, <laughs> was, I'm pretty sure I marked it as a spoiler because I don't know if people want to do that, but it was chosen and like non-spoiler popped up right next to the stage. So whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with the Meverse because you have you have the stamps that you can unlock too and just uh, place them around and do goofy stuff with them. Um, but yeah, no, I'm like just really addicted to getting really fast times in this game. Even, even in the games that I hate to control, like the Ice Climber and, uh, and Mario Bros. And even Clue Clue Land is a little finicky, goddamn. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I actually, I think Clue Clue Land's like a pretty fun game, but it could get a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, even in, even in those games I'm not like huge on, I'm still like, just gotta go faster, gotta go faster. Even golf, I'm like, fuck it, I'm, I'm gonna... Make it onto the green like in two in two strokes. I get those rainbow stars. Yeah, that's another problem. This this game is way too sports heavy. <laughs> it has golf and tennis and uh, what else is on there? Excite bike, I guess. Is that is that a sport? Is, is, is baseball on there? Baseball is on there. I mean, I, I don't think. Oh, wait, I feel, ba- that I mean, feels like a lot, dude. Like that so, quite- some of the games have like a ton of stages, um, like. A, like at least eight and then some of them are like within the bonus there's like a bonus section and then they'll only have like uh two or three maybe uh mini games featured on them but yeah i mean there it's first is this the first gen nintendo games there's a uh, they had a lot of really really shitty sports games hmm. like oh, they're really shitty too like <laughs> i mean like nintendo like released that first wave of sports games and then they stopped developing themselves and then like a lot better ones came out like rbi baseball and yeah. shit like that yeah. So yeah, the the sports games on here are old and shitty. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Nintendo using these stamps as almost like achievements? Um, I think they're fun to unlock. I mean, I don't I don't even know like how comparable they are to to achievements. Well, because... they're, they're, well they, I mean, they kind of are. I mean, when you stop and think about like like even like I, I... in Super Mario 3D World, like you have to find them. Like, I mean, yeah. is, that, is that the same thing as, like, punch this dude 30 times and get 10 gamers scored? No, but... It's it's like more of a personal thing, though, because, I mean, like, your friends aren't going to be able to, like, see what stamps you have and, you know... Not, not in the same way, no, but you, yeah. use, but you use them to post on Miiverse. It's I, not I, entirely comparable, but I think I think Nintendo's sort of substituting them. I, 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 I understand that. I, I prefer... I mean, it's more like unlockables. I prefer unlockables for, for accomplishing things than just, like, a, a meaningless score, so... Mm. I, I, I definitely prefer um, just anything, not just stamps, but even artwork within a gallery in a game or something. Yeah, I, I for getting some sort of unlockable for for accomplishing things. I, I think I think it's a pretty cool idea. I think um, because you can use them, you can use them in, then in Miiverse. I think the only problem is that it's kind of killed creativity in Miiverse. Nobody draw. I, I see a, <laughs> I see fewer drawings and way more shitty stamp things. Yeah. And it's cool that you get to use them. Uh, but man, I just like it makes looking at Meverse a lot less exciting because everyone's just stamping shit up instead of drawing. There are I've seen a few like that incorporate both drawing, and yes, yeah. stamps, and those actually like come out like really damn good. A lot yeah, of times. yeah. Some people do some cool stuff with that, but no, I mean I like the idea. I like the idea that you know you have to find them or achieve something to get these stamps, and then you can turn around and then actually use them in a practical way with you know this this social network of Meverse. I, I like the idea a lot. Uh-huh. Um, what else have you been playing? Uh, I beat, well, as far as I could get, because I'm pretty sure there's, like, 
even more. I, I beat Super Mario World 3D, Super Mario 3D World. And uh, last time I, I was saying that I thought the game was a little boring early on because I was within the first two worlds, I think. The game gets really damn good, like, around World 3, 4, and then it just, like, keeps getting better and better. Like, I was, like, genuinely just straight up fucking impressed with a lot of these levels. So I haven't finished it yet, but there's a lot of cool shit in there. There's a lot of cool shit. There's a lot of there's a lot of post-game shit, too, and the levels get really hard, like, really... That's what I've heard, like, yeah. Like, satisfyingly hard. I, I'm pretty sure it's harder because I'm playing, like, two-player and we're fucking just getting in each other's way all the damn time. But it's, I, it's like it's not a frustrating hard. It's like I can I can do this. I can do this hard. I just need to get a little bit better. And it's uh, it's really actually satisfying. I think it's a really good uh, difficulty balance. I just um, like how they just kind of fart out ideas, whether they make sense or not. Like, was it between? I think it was was it after world the third world? Where like you just kind of like you go through the pipe like you normally would, and then you end up like on a just on an island where there's like a boss, and it's, yep. just, it's this fucking snake called the Histocrat. <laughs> and it was like the coolest it was and it was it wasn't hard or anything but it was fun it was really just kind of cool and it was just like let's put a boss here whatever whatever it's a boss man i feel i don't want to get too spoilery but i mean uh, the histocrat returns and it, it like it gets harder and more fun i see they, they they add some twists i haven't gotten there yet yeah but i thought, um, I thought but that was kind of cool i like that yeah they do a lot of cool stuff like well that too like uh there was um I, you're probably not that far yet, but in one of the worlds, there's like a there's just like a pipe that you find early on. You're like, what the hell is this pipe? And that pipe just leads to like more pipes that split in two different directions. You go uh, one of the directions, of the pipe, and you'll just find a there's a golden like Bowser train. It's just full of full of uh, coins and everything, um, but it disappears after you get them all, so you can't farm lives there. But you could you could get a ton of a uh, ton of lives. And it's just shiny and gold. There's coins. There's uh, coin helmet blocks that you wear on your head and run around and get coins. There's golden Koopa shells that you could kick around. Like from uh, Super Mario Bros, new Super Mario Bros 2 on 3DS, a lot of that stuff shows up in that stage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, see, so, I see some of that stuff here and there anyway. Yeah, it, it shows up. But, I mean, this is just like concentrated, uh, crazy amount of it. And then like the entire stage is gold and shiny, like every single thing on it. It's, uh, it's really cool. Uh, but just, I know a lot of just like little surprises like that, I think, um, just make the game really fun. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of post-game stuff. Like there's some post-game stuff that I can't even get to yet because you need like to collect every single thing in the game. Like every, every star stamp and, uh, you need to reach the top of every flag as well. Oh God, I don't do that shit. (laughs) So, uh, there's something else beyond. Um, but no, I, I, think it's like a really damn good game i enjoyed it a lot more than 3d land which no i wasn't i wasn't huge on mm. but um that was really fun and then i also played uh east five on on super famicom um i played the english translation anyway uh that game i think it's the first east game that like uh traditional east game anyway like an overhead one i think when oh no, it wasn't Oath and Falcon back then. When East 3 was originally released, it was like side-scrolling, whatever. But I think it's the first like overhead ease game where you actually swing your sword yourself. And um, it has some problems. Like the hit detection with the sword is not great. <laughs> uh, a lot of the times you will just swing right through your enemy and it, it won't hit them. But 
at the same time, it's also probably the easiest ease game, easiest, huh? Uh, I've ever played. So, I mean, I like, I don't think I died even once, which is crazy because a lot of ease games are crazy tough. Like, uh, they, they get really hard, especially on boss battles and such. But, um, this game is actually really damn easy. Um, you don't need to grind at all. I mean, you, you still level up and everything, but you don't, you don't need to grind uh except for maybe for some money if you want to buy some better equipment but it's it's so it's pretty much straight up adventure game it's pretty short like under 10 hours um but i think the i think it's still a really fun game like the sense of adventure is still really there it still has like that e spirit i just don't think it's one of the the best games in the series in fact i think it's it's probably the worst one i've played but it's still uh well it might not be the worst for some people if you're if you're not a fan of the bumping an enemy style, but uh, I still I think it's still a really good game. Just it, I don't think it's as good as the other ease games. Um, but no, it's fun. You still go on a big old adventure. And God, I don't like know what it is about Adel, but no matter where he goes, he like there's like fucking prophets prophecies written about him, like the red haired warrior. <laughs> you always lose his fucking shit. memory. Yeah. This one, I think you you actually like go end up going back in time and like changing fucking history and everything. Like Adel, he he's he's a he's probably the coolest fucking person in the world, and he doesn't even talk or do anything. It's just goof, derping around, killing things. But no, it's a pretty interesting story. You, there's like some um, lost city or something. It's actually called. I think the translation is like the lost city of Kefkin or something. Uh, there's a lost city that has like eroded away or disappeared or whatever. And you actually find it's like stuck in its own little like time capsule from all its time ago, but there's people coming from it and they're trying to like destroy the current world in order to bring back the Kefkin uh, city into the current world and all this stuff like that. So you got to warp around through different time, find stones. Uh, ah, it's fun. It's a fun game. It's a fun adventure game. Hmm. Uh, so I would recommend it if you like ease games, uh, the translation that, got put out is really good it's not perfect i think i noticed only two slight uh grammar gr- grammatical errors within the game but you know it's a fan translation they're not always perfect uh but no i i think it's a, i think it's a fun game cool. um i think that's all i've played hmm. yeah so uh i guess we could wrap up all right cool well um Christmas is tomorrow, so uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And if you already celebrated Hanukkah or Eid or anything like that, uh, I hope those were great for you as well. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, you guys take it easy. Ho, ho. Ho. Oh.